I will take the ring to Mordor. You have my sword. And you have my bow. And my axe. So it begins. You shall be the Fellowship of the Ring. Great. Where are we going? <laughs> I was just waiting for you. I was, I was trying to trying to beat you. Oh. I was like, "Fuck you, Jake! I'm gonna win this time." Well, yeah, I, I am man enough to say I think that you won. I know I did. I'll let you win. Wow! wow. <laughs> I see how it is. Welcome to Movie Boner. Hi, everyone. There's like a weird sticker on the top of my beer can, and it's like interfering with the hole that you're supposed to get the beer out of, and I'm not into that. Right. Why is there a sticker? Was it like... It was like a price sticker, some weird... Who the fuck puts a price tag on going back to that can. place. Yeah. Bastard. And I bought this in a, in a four-pack, so I don't know why you individually are stickering these things. Never mind. It doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, what beer are you drinking this week? So much drama already. I know. I know. Damn beer. <laughs> um... You're going to be real proud. Okay. I love being proud. I bought one. Well, actually, I bought three. It took a while to figure out which one I wanted to drink mm -hmm. because they all fit perfect for this episode because I went, like, super relevant. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I went with this one because it just sounded good. Okay. So uh, I'm drinking Haze Wizard. Oh. Ah. Well, look at you. <laughs> uh, it's a New England style IPA from Three Nations Brewing. It's not bad. It's okay. not bad. Nice. Uh, that sounds very good. Mine is also kind of relevant. I'm going to make it work because it's the best I could do. <laughs> you mean I got a more relevant beer this time? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I got a beer. It's named after... The most perfect casting in the Hobbit movies. It's called Evangeline. <laughs> and uh, it is a gose with grapefruit and pink Himalayan sea salt. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it's actually really good. But it uh, sounds like a really bad day. It's like bougie as fuck. So but it's good. It's actually really good. And it's a big can. You know what that means? It means it comes in pints. <laughs> you are reaching for the stars. So hard. So hard with the reaching. <laughs> but I'm proud of you, Jake. Good job. Good Thank job. That's Good right. job. Depending on how long this episode ends up going, I might be able to crack open one of my <laughs> other beers. One or two more beers. <sighs> could be a big one, folks. It this could. could be a big one. But before we get into it, it's time to check in on our movie draft. <laughs> it's been a very... No, we don't. No, we don't. Yes, I'm afraid that we do. <laughs> Through the rest of the year, we're going to have to continue to do this. So you're just going to have to bear with me. For those not watching, I'm doing a sarcastic cry. Uh... <laughs> um, you are in the... Hold on. These numbers aren't even close to being right. Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, I see what you were doing. You were falsifying, I wasn't falsifying your rating to be way higher 
no, 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 no. This is all public information based wow. off of uh, based <laughs> off of IMDb score. You can check all of them out. They're perfectly <laughs> legit. Also based off of Box Office Mojo Worldwide Gross. Also public. Everybody can check this out. Fully transparent. No funny business. I just was sorting it because it was getting towards the end of the year, and I was curious about a couple of things like what the worst movies were and all that stuff. Um, okay. And I also added our I added this number so we know which pick we took it in, which round oh. we took it in. Okay. Because um, I thought it was interesting that some of these were taken rather late and did very well, and some mm -hmm. of them were taken very early and did not do very well. I'm looking at you, Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and I'm I'm down here looking at you, Thor. Yeah, you fucking. <laughs> I, it was weird to me that I noticed this week that we both took Jurassic. You took Jurassic World. I took Lightyear. It's both similar scores, but very different box offices. Yeah. And so I thought like, that was no one gave a shit to go see it in the theater. It looks like yeah. Wow. Yeah, and even though they're both about relatively similar quality. Um, also, fun note. <laughs> We both lost our number two picks to next year. They got pushed oh, that's push next year. So I thought that was interesting. That's uh, interesting. But wow, we lost we, a lot of movies. Yeah, I learned this week that you lost Creed three. That got yep. moved out, and I lost Killers of the Flower Moon, Scorsese's movie that yep. got pushed out. So they're dropping. We both have four more movies each to be released. Right. Uh, assuming that my three without dates don't get released, which is what I'm assuming <laughs> at this point. And uh, yeah, huh. so we huh. are you still about 600 million in the lead, okay. and but oh. I'm slowly inching away in the rating. Yeah, so that's still less than a tenth of a point. But did did someone get mad at like now that Thor is on Disney Plus? Did more people watch <laughs> it and get angry? It's every time I go through this, there are a couple movies that lose a tenth of a point um, <laughs> on your side. Mostly, I've Not been waiting. Right. I've been waiting for Bullet Train and Thirteen Lives to go down because they tend to be like higher when they're first released and go down over time. Um, they haven't moved at all since they first came out, which is amazing. Dude, Bullet Train is a blast. I will tell you guys that it was so much fun. I'm very I, interested in it. I've got a buddy who like that's his new favorite movie he's gone to it at a couple times oh fun yeah i i love it like when you hear about movies like that mm -hmm. and look yeah. at that netflix movie right there that didn't do well with the rating or box <laughs> office <laughs> yeah that's so uh sad. <laughs> that is i think it definitely in the top five not good movies yeah wow. uh, so yeah four we each have four more movies with dates this year to be released if okay. I can make up the six hundred million between them, it will be interesting, but seems unlikely. How do but you anything can happen? Now that they have released the "Don't Worry, Darling" trailer, yeah. How do you how do you think that movie is actually gonna do? I think that it depends way less on the trailer and way more on the drama that's been happening. Have you followed that? No. Okay. Drama. So there's all this drama. Partly my wife filled me in on it, partly. Um, <laughs> partly I was seeking it out myself because I thought it was fun. Um, Olivia Wilde, who directed it, uh, I, there was all this controversy about Shia LaBeouf was originally cast. Then he got dropped out because she said there was some funny business with him. He said there wasn't. 
Anyway, she ended up casting Harry Styles, mm-hmm. who is also her boyfriend, um, and oh. paid him like a ton of money. So a little conflict of interest there. And uh, <laughs> and apparently there's this like rumored tension between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. Um, she's kind of doing press for the movie, but also she's doing like Dune and all this other stuff. And she's like posting on her Instagram about movies next year, not about Don't Worry Darling. Um, oh. So there's like a bunch okay. of like drama type things. Um, I think I think it might make people more interested in it than they would have already been. I am interested in it. I like like that mystery stuff. I love Florence Pugh. It sounds like she's amazing in it, even if the movie ends up being mediocre. So I don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> like money wise, I think rating it'll probably be in the sixes, low sevens. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I was just curious. Um, there is a movie that I've been mad that you have. Because when I saw the trailer, all mm-hmm. I could think was like, oh, God, this is brilliant. Oh, God, I'm so <laughs> mad at Jake right now. Is and it Amsterdam? Your, your next one is Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> I, that movie. I am amazed it's coming out. I just saw like the trailer <laughs> teaser or something. I was like, it's real. It's actually happening. It's real. Because when real. I drafted it, it didn't have a title. And yep. uh, it also didn't have a date. And so it's yep. one of the few of the ones that I'd gambled on that actually might pan out. But yeah, the cast looks amazing. And I'm very interested in so it. so much fun. And yeah. I'm so mad. Every time I watch it, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that should um, be very interesting. I think, I think I'll have you when it comes to Asteroid City and Kung Fury 2, the movie. <laughs> yes. um, I don't think those are coming out. They just have... 2020 dates 2022 dates. I, was like, I hope they don't have 2020 <laughs> you're fucked yeah they're supposed to come out in 2022 but there's been mm-hmm. at this point if you're not going to promote it why even release it it just seems like it's not going to happen and i haven't heard anything on operation fortune that one's so weird they was like full trailer was out all of this stuff and then they just like shelved it weirdly yeah but that's okay. I haven't heard any new things or seen any development on the Fablemans, and I'm getting a little worried mm. about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one could just sneak out. Yeah. But I'm, you have Black Adam and Black Panther. I mean, that's going to be... I'm hoping that they have pretty close good... Close to $2 billion, probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Because uh, Halloween Ends is a super... Uh, long shot of being good wow yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i'm just gonna say it yeah I, yeah <laughs> oh dude yeah. i can't believe we only have like eight big movies left what i know not even not even eight we have right. six six big movies left in the year <laughs> and well there's eight. one big one that I'm very excited about it. I'm sure you are as well. Neither of us drafted it. I don't even know if we knew it was coming out at the beginning of the year. But uh, there's obviously been a lot of buzz about Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. Right. So your notes are like hanging out right in front of the screen. What? No. No. I was trying to listen to you, but I was like, oh, I kind of want to read Jake's notes. (laughs) Oh, I I thought I was sharing just the tab. Nope. The Whale. Okay, dude, like you and I are big Brendan Fraser fans, yeah, right, yeah. Um, 
Did you see the video of his standing ovation? Yeah, made me okay. so happy. When he I got, got like misty, I got misty. Dude, I got chills. And then when he like stepped out to the stair and like took a big old Brandon Fraser style, like silly bow, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh no, this movie's going to wreck me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just so excited to see him succeed and get praise. Yeah. And yeah. He, he's just seems like a really cool dude. And I really am excited for that movie and for him. Now, I didn't look. Um, I am right now because now <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, have they actually announced that it is going to release this year? Or um, I saw something about September 22nd or something. Okay. So I'm looking at the IMDb page. Yeah. It says expected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, December 9th. Oh, December 9th. Maybe God. I was looking at uh, festival dates because the they fact that it says some festivals. Expected. I'm kind of leaning towards not this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although they may ride the buzz and get it out as quickly as out. possible. Yeah. yeah. That's possible. Well, especially for award seasons because now everyone's going to be campaigning mm -hmm. for it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's currently sitting at a 9.5 on IMDb. And that's the part where I'm like, selfishly wish it was in the draft. <laughs> Damn, wow. I don't have any nines. Well, we'll find out. We will find out come December 9th if it yeah. actually... It's Aronofsky. Obviously, I'm going to go watch it, like, opening day. Yeah. I'm probably going to want to, like, cut my wrist when the movie <laughs> ends. Because um, that's what Aronofsky's movies do. They're yeah. amazing, but you don't typically feel great at the end. Yeah. Highly emotional, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I love Aronofsky. I'm stoked to see the story and more excited to see Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Because we're not seeing him in Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> nope, definitely not. Okay. I had to get that. <laughs> so, Jake, have you watched anything new um, not pertaining to the episode? No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to watch a couple of things and then those freaking extended cuts, man, they just tore into me this last few weeks. Yeah. So I did not, okay. I did watch the three, the two episodes of the show, which we'll okay. talk about in a little bit. Yep. Uh, that's new. But other than that, no. What about you? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta write that down. I know, dude. Okay. Like, <laughs> I got into it. I was all stoked to prep for this, and I was like, all right. So I got like two weeks to watch six movies mm -hmm. and two episodes. I got plenty of time, but I was excited. <laughs> so I popped in like the Hobbit trilogy because I was like, I got plenty of time. I'll watch right. it. <laughs> and I watched that trilogy, and as soon as I finished, <laughs> the last one i'm sitting there on my couch and i was like oh god i'm about to binge watch like <laughs> the entire thing in one shot <laughs> and then i did and then i've just been watching like all the special features i've been watching yeah. youtube videos about what the movies mean to people um the making like, ofs are incredible yeah um, I've just been listening to like the score and I'm going to get into all this in mm -hmm. a little while folks. Don't worry. But, uh, <laughs> this week has been interesting because watching, uh, Tolkien's middle earth come to life, you know, uh, 
kind of sparked a whole bunch of other stuff, and I ended up revisiting something that has zero to do with Middle <laughs> Earth and Frodo and Sam. Okay. Uh, but it just like, dude, it's been it's been a couple weeks, and it's been super busy at work, so that's been fun. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this like I was not expecting to get so caught up. I was like, oh, I'll watch, I'll watch the movies, I'll make my couple notes, and then it was like, well, I'll get into it later. <laughs> so it, it was a heavy two weeks. I'll put it. That <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably the best possible transition into the episode. Yeah, this is going to be a epic episode. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. <laughs> This is a big one, folks. <laughs> We're talking all about, obviously, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and yeah. The Hobbit um, and the Amazon series and just the Tolkien expanded universe yeah. now. And we won't be doing as deep of a dive as we normally do because that would probably take three our own trilogy of four-hour episodes. If not longer. I, I honestly, like, after watching, especially the extended cuts, I was like... You know, if we really, really dissected everything and talked about everything, yeah, uh, I would say that talking about essentially three movies, because let's face it, mm -hmm. that's the focus. Right. Um, I was like, it could potentially be longer than our MCU mm -hmm. double feature. Uh, right. And that had like 20 movies. So <laughs> Yeah, like 26 or something. 20, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is wild. But yeah, there's so much packed into them they have obviously such a long history and yeah. i think their impact on fandom and fantasy and storytelling in general has right. been huge <laughs> and and they're beloved like they're four out of the four top rated movies of the 2000s they're three of them and the right. dark knight's like, the other one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i ended up even watching like a documentary on tolkien himself Mm. And just how he like wrote the books and then how he died before ever really deeply diving into this whole lore and this whole world of middle earth that he mm. had created for Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Um, and I thought that was interesting that he wasn't even done creating. Yeah. So who knows what would have happened, but mm. it, it was really interesting. It was just, this was a crazy week. It's, I was like really caught up in watching this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so deep and interesting and I think it's very easy to connect with it and get invested mm -hmm. in it and that's a big thing too. I also think it's insane. Fellowship of the Ring came out like 20 years ago, dude. Yeah, I know. Early 2000s. What? I was like when I popped it in I'm watching it and I'm like there's no way this is 20 years old. I still feel <laughs> yeah. like it just came out. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it holds up so good. So well. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> I think that a lot of that is attributed to the practical effects and yeah. and doing as much of that as possible. I, I think that I was watching Return of the King, and it seems like it holds up less good as far as digital effects go. Um but yeah, all of them, surprisingly, I, I think they were done at the right time yeah. where they could do the effects they needed to do to pull it off. I also, it's so funny, like you and I will rip into to bad CGI, bad mm. screen, green screen work. Like we do. Yeah. We, we rip into it because we can. Um, 
And yeah, there's some green screen usage in all three movies that doesn't quite work as well. Mm -hmm. But I found myself, and I don't know if it's just because I'm like crazy biased or I just don't care because the story itself (laughs) is just so damn good that you're like, or at least for me, instantly like bad green screen completely forgiven <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're willing to forgive a lot of stuff if the story's good and you're invested in it i could not care less that the green screen with with pippin sent or uh, mary sitting yeah. with aon on the horse riding into battle the green screen is so bad but you're like couldn't care less this is yeah. an amazing scene <laughs> yeah there's a there's a part at the in uh return of the king where like those giant gorilla orcs come bursting yeah. through the door and i was like this is like saturday morning cartoon kind of cgi <laughs> at this point and uh but it lasts like five seconds you know like, i gotta get the idea <laughs> you're instantly like <laughs> Don't care. This is intense. (laughs) That's still a big ass orc coming through that door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I I had to laugh when I was making my notes uh, because I I made a prediction for the two of us, Jake. All right. Mainly for you. Oh, interesting. With your note taking. Okay. I was like, I'm making my notes. I was like, I would bet that Jake's notes are probably pretty structured and they're probably like more focused on the incredible filmmaking and all the different like things that they had to do to go into it and to mm-hmm. adapting the stories and to the movie, the choices they made to change or omit stuff. I was like, he's mm-hmm. probably going very literal and technical mm-hmm. with a lot of his notes. Yeah. If I, didn't have a baby that probably would be true oh shit (laughs) it is so scattered and sporadic that i'm like oh all of this technical stuff is so interesting oh all the stuff in the movie and the storytelling is so interesting all the stuff in the music and the behind the scenes and the fandom and the culture and the like it's just all over the place i don't know how i'm gonna remember any of it i'm gonna just be (laughs) scrolling and bouncing around so i wish that it was structured but it is certainly not so so my brain went pre pre baby yes you do know me you just i have had to make adjustments as of so can i ask you a question then now that you are with child oh that sounds weird (laughs) now that you have a son yes did the emotional aspects of this entire story Mm. hit a little bit harder now that you're a dad yes Yes, it absolutely did. And parts that I didn't give a fuck about before, I was suddenly like really interested in. I was really okay. interested in Boromir and Faramir and their dad and all of that He's stuff. A complete piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he absolutely sucks, especially the point where he almost burns his son alive. Um, but he, that, like their brotherhood and, and all yeah. of that stuff was. I had never really, I guess, gotten it on the level that I got it rewatching it this time. And yeah, there were a lot of points where I was like, that that is so I guess subtle and or the way that someone is motivated by something and how they're uh, like Frodo is obviously a big part of it. There was a lot of times where he is having empathy for Gollum and you're as the audience the first time, you're just like, No, Gollum sucks. Why would you care? And then 
you start realizing, no, he needs Gollum to be redeemable because that means that he could be redeemable and, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to sign off on him because that would be giving up on himself as well. So it's, there is, there's a lot in like that and the emotion of the whole story that just, it stood out even more now. <laughs> There's something about having a kid that will like make you, I don't know, care about the world more. <laughs> it just it pummels you, it softens you up, and you're like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes. And uh, especially good stories with good heroes and and making good choices yeah. and and wanting to choose the best thing for the world and sacrificing and all that stuff like you want those hero journey type mythical stories out there and and i think this is absolutely one of them well let's dive into this uh obviously we're gonna start with fellowship um if you haven't watched lord of the rings or (laughs) read the books or know anything about it I so there I are movies in the think early that's 2000s. like borderline child abuse that you were never like yeah. presented with this stuff. I think everybody on the planet um, knows about it. Even like we both were like raised in pretty sheltered homes, and especially in, like the eighties. Like, forgiven. The, I know it was that's kind of a weird thing where like the eighties and nineties there was the satanic panic and all this stuff, and so magic, a lot of magic stuff wasn't cool. But Tolkien was cool, and C.S. Lewis was cool, uh, and so everybody, I think, read Lord of the Rings, and when it, was, it came out, everybody yeah. saw Lord of the Rings as massive. Two. Lord of the Rings at like the midnight showings, that was yeah. amazing. I, yeah. I saw all three installments at least three times. Um, I got to see the two towers on this giant wraparound IMAX screen, which was fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when like the Ents march on Isengard and Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to jump ahead folks. Like I have a lot to say. We're going to have to dive into fellowship. Um, I was kind of hoping. And if you, if you disagree or whatnot, Jake, let me know. Okay. Um, but I Happily. thought it would be kind of a cool idea for our deep dive into this one. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't so much breaking down every scene of the film, mainly yeah. because we wow, can't. it's going to take forever. <laughs> we have to go to bed at some point. Right, right. Um, but I thought it'd be just kind of cool if we just talked about, like, uh, I don't know how significant it was for you, but Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, when it came out, or like even the first time I read The Hobbit and then read the trilogy, um, just kind of like the significance of what it was uh, per movie, yeah, important scenes and all that. One, let's face it, folks, that'll help keep this from being like a two-day <laughs> episode. Um, I say day because it will be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, but I thought that, that that could be interesting. And there's a ton of stuff to break down technically with the filming. Yeah. Uh, the passion behind the whole crew. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. If yeah. you ever watch one making of documentary mm-hmm. of any film ever made, mm-hmm. put in Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. put in the making of giant four-hour special feature. Peter Jackson lies on his introduction, folks. He tells you it's two and a half hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's because he always preferred that extended cut. Yes, it is 
very long and they deep dive into so much, but not to go into all that. I think it is so incredible. And I, one of the testaments of why it holds up and holds so true. Mm -hmm. um, I think the passion and the heart from everyone involved in making this trilogy was so escalated. Like it was on a whole new level. Right. Where the care was put into it so much that down to like the tiniest details we will never see. Yeah. Even you 4K people aren't going <laughs> to see some of the details they carved into a handle mm -hmm. of something that's like held the entire time or stuffed behind someone's back. Like yeah. you're not going to see it. But it, it pays off. There. You definitely feel when you're watching the Lord of the Rings movies that this is a real world that yeah. people live in and every object it was made from scratch for the movie and you can tell that it's it's all sincere like to yeah. the point where they planted they built hobbiton a year in advance grew all that shit grew the planted all the vegetables so they would grow and just like kind of let it become a real place for a yeah. while before they even film there yeah it's i think that's such a and they talk about that in the making of too uh but that was something that i felt immediately that first time watching fellowship in the theater yeah. Like, you get Galadriel's uh, opening monologue, you get the yeah. history of the ring and all that. But the first time you see, like, the Shire mm -hmm. with that music that kicks in, yeah. every movie, everyone knows, like, okay, I know the setting I'm in. I know, like, where, mm -hmm. where I'm at in this story. Mm -hmm. But Lord of the Rings, as soon as it opens on the Shire... And you mm -hmm. hear the music, you are instantly like, oh my god, what is this world? This is like, you feel transported, and it's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the perfect place to be transported to. And and I was thinking back of like seeing it the first time and how amazing it was and all that stuff. And I've forgotten that it happened in 2001, a couple of months after 9-11. And so the entire like world kind of needed an escape into yeah. some fantasy world to not have to worry about real life for a minute. So it's, it kind of was released at a really good time. It is kind of insane um, that the first little snippets of Middle Earth mm -hmm. were kind of created during wartime. Not mm -hmm. the full story, folks, at least not according to the documentary I watched on Tolkien, <laughs> uh, which is also on the fucking extended edition. Yeah. Anyway, go watch it. Uh, but he started creating this kind of premise and this little, these snippets of Middle Earth and this fantasy world mm -hmm. um, during wartime. And then yeah, the we'll movie comes out pretty much at the beginning of wartime i thought that was very interesting and i had almost forgotten that little detail yeah until i realized that the movie these movies are 20 years old now and yeah and the, the books were like 50 some years before the movies came out yeah they're in the it, 50s it was just crazy how i agree with you the timing of fellowship coming out and the themes and uh the whole talk of like destiny and mm -hmm. what you have to do to protect and preserve kind of innocence, but not in like a, a childish innocence, but like uh, basically humanity. Like right. 
<laughs> how do you right. protect and cherish this? And Lord of the Rings, I, I mean, that's one of the deep themes of the whole story, which is why it's such an intense thing. But oh man, but I realized that connection too of like, oh, 9 11 had happened mm -hmm. a few months prior to this coming out. Like, yeah. we weren't even really beginning to heal right as a as a country let alone and the world a bunch of movies were getting pulled from theaters because yeah. like they didn't want to release them at that they time. were pulling music they were pulling shows they were pulling movies mm -hmm. uh movies that were still allowed to release had to come with like these giant like disclaimers all yeah. of a sudden uh i remember the movie swordfish had a big old disclaimer mm -hmm. on it and it's like this is crazy it was a weird yeah. time um, yeah. For you youngins who weren't there at that point, uh, it was very odd. Like, I remember just having yeah. no real footing on what you were supposed to do if you were, like, allowed to laugh at stuff. <laughs> and then, like, what do you do? Yeah. And then Lord of the Rings comes out and kind of, it just, like, helps uh, or helped ground, I think, everybody, yeah. which is to me, one of the big telling things of why it still stands up and why it is, if anything, it's only become more iconic, mm -hmm. more powerful is because now it's not just a trilogy of this incredible story, but it's actually been turned into like this huge tool for people to use during traumatic times mm. from all ranges. But we're going to get into that a little later. Folks. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm interested to hear yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, fellowship of the ring. It's wild to me. Um, I don't think there's been any other movie or set of movies that everybody pretty much unanimously wants the extended version of it. Mm -hmm. And it's a long movie to begin with in the theatrical version, but people don't care. They don't care how long the movie is. Give me all of it and I will buy all of the extended versions right. and I will watch four hours at once. No problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, like everyone has the extended versions. It blows my mind. And, and honestly, I've never had anything against the theatrical. Even after seeing the extendeds, yeah, I never had anything against the theatrical because I think what they still managed to do was maintain the heart of the story. Mm -hmm. They maintained the the meaning, the importance of it, and all that. They did a really good job for what they yeah had to do for the the theaters for sure. Um, the extended editions, yes, I prefer them, but I'm a movie guy. Like, you yeah. and I have said this so many times, like, we don't care how long the film is. If yeah. the story calls for it, let it be. Make it as long as it needs to be. Right. Um, so I do prefer the extendeds, but to me, they're just kind of like added fun. Yeah. Or like just a yeah. little bit added more to, okay, now I fully get or if you've never read the books, you'll get a better understanding of why certain decisions are made. Mm -hmm. um, and 20 minutes of the credits are just people's names who, <laughs> who purchased a spot in the credits. So I was like, I had never really paid attention to how much time the credits took, but I like stopped it when the credits started. Cause I had to get my, I had to get onto the next one. And I was like, there's 20 something minutes left to this movie. <laughs> I was like, apparently that's most of your extension right there. There are no post-credit scenes. There's no <laughs> like yeah. mid-credit teaser. No, yeah. no. 
credits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, well, a shitload of people worked on it is the first thing. Yes. And then also uh, on the extended versions, the Lord, Lord of the Rings fan club had like all of their names added if they like <laughs> contributed to the financials of the movie. Yeah. Crazy, Which is cool. Crazy. Um, the amount of people that worked on this thing is... And how it even like got made is amazing to me. Yeah, I love how it got made. It is such a... We talked a little bit in our Peter Jackson episode, mm -hmm. which I love our Peter Jackson episode. He's a weird guy who made weird movies. We talked all about all the movies except Lord of the Rings. And he... The, po the point in his career where he had made three very weird movies and Heavenly Creatures and The Frighteners, which are more mainstream but not successful they did not make their money back like right. budget back although go watch them because they're actually pretty good they're great but <laughs> for someone to say for him to be given like a summer blockbuster would be weird but for them to give him three of the biggest movies of all time that are changing how filmmaking is done and setting records for scope yeah. and all of this stuff and to be able to film them all consecutively. It's not like, you get one, we'll see if it's successful. No, yeah, no. we're going to film all three of them back to back to back, and and then we'll see how it does. And it worked great. Like, he is amazing. Yeah. How they gave it to him, um, when he talks about it in, like, the interviews on the, on the making of and all that, or other mm -hmm. interviews, he's pretty coy with some of, like, the length of time or how he really presented stuff. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine that the selling point to new line, like the ultimate selling point to new line. Yeah. Was his passion behind the story because he was coming from it as a mm -hmm. lifetime fan. Like, yeah, he truly loved the material and wanted to see it on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really funny that the first production company originally was Miramax mm -hmm. and they wanted him to do it in one movie <laughs> and he had written it down to two movies, which when I found that out, I was like, okay, how, <laughs> what did you yeah. cut out to trim this story into two films? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't I don't even understand how you would even begin to like, what do you skip? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't even want to see that movie. Like, especially in hindsight, looking back at what we have now, I don't want to see what that would look like. I don't like. want to it see what Miramax would have done with it. Obviously inferior. Um, I do love when he talks about like when they pitched it to New Line, they pitched the two movie version of it. Mm -hmm. And the response to them was, well, it needs to be three. Kind of like a, there are three books, so you're yeah. gonna have to make three movies. Like what kind of an idiot would make two movies out of this? <laughs> right. I respect it. that kind of thinking. Yeah. I think that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of shocked New Line isn't bigger, right? Because of that thinking, but that right. that's yeah. for something else. I mean, know. they they gambled on lord of the rings and one big time all of them made 10 times their budget it wasn't even a win that was like a fucking domination that was, <laughs> was like the lottery everything coming out around it like yeah if you yeah. didn't release your movie 
a month and a half in advance of the Lord of the Rings, or basically, if you didn't release your movie before the pre-sale tickets went, on, <laughs> right. your movie wasn't going to do yeah. much. <laughs> because people were like, okay, so I'm spending my next paycheck on food <laughs> and seeing the Lord of the Rings about three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> that means I need like four large popcorns. I'm yeah. going to need like one <laughs> large drink. <laughs> so that I'm not running to the bathroom quite as much. It's true. It's true. Um, I'm going to need all the candy I can get. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think that Peter Jackson, even though in it, to my mind, he made some of the weirdest movies yeah. ever at that point. He also was the perfect person to make these movies because yeah. he just had the creativity to, go above and beyond as far as everything, the effects, the makeup, the wardrobe, all this stuff, try new things. He, he was an, he pushed the film creation industry forward massively. Oh, yeah. Just by uh, doing new stuff and being creative at a way that if you gave it to like Spielberg, he would make a movie. Like he knows how to make good movies, but he wouldn't have like thought outside the box as much, I think. And right. I think Lord of the Rings needs that. Cause it's such a, mind-bending well, fantasy not just, world when it comes to lord of the rings it's not just telling the story of frodo and the fellowship mm -hmm. um and their individual stories um you're you have to put people in this world like middle right. earth legitimately is a huge character of the whole thing mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Spielberg had someone like Spielberg taken the reins or made it. I think it still would have been really good. Obviously, yeah. But I don't think I don't think it would have near the same effect mm -hmm. of what Jackson's vision has to this day. And right. most likely it's going to continue to have right. forever. Um, right. Yeah, Peter Jackson, in my opinion he made what is the true definition of an epic film. Yeah. Like Absolutely. everyone had heard the term epic movie before, and it usually pertained to something that's just full of action or like somewhat long, whatever, but not like grand uh, or maybe grand is the right word. Cause that's where it stopped or <laughs> the rings comes out and it's like, Oh, <laughs> oh, so this is what Epic actually is. This right. is, <laughs> and it's all due to things with the use of miniatures mixed with like actually building, you know, Massive Hobbiton sets. and yeah. like it's, I just, I'm so blown away of how much time and I'm so glad he was as picky as he was in mm -hmm. the designs of absolutely everything. I thought it was really cool that he actually brought on board um, Tolkien artists, the yeah. guys whose whole life was, their career was paintings and drawings yeah. of, based on Tolkien. Yeah, so um, a lot of expert Tolkien people that yeah. knew how he had described this thing and how they had interpreted that and all that stuff. And he, he like, one of the writers he brought on to, and she was a fanatic. Like she bleeds Lord of the Rings. So he made sure she was a part of it just to keep things going. Yeah. Um, which is something like when I found that out, I was like, oh man, all changes, like minute changes or characters that aren't in the movie that I've heard people bitch about. I'm yeah. like, I feel 
it's a total pass and you're just <laughs> nitpicking um, because if they bring in these fanatics, which half of the crew was right. And they all were like, Oh no, this, this makes sense what we're doing. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do think that <laughs> Tolkien fans are on kind of another level. Yes. They, they have gotten into the lore. Like you think star Wars fans are big or game of Thrones or whatever. No, that's like, a puddle as far as the depth of interest Dude. and lore people that I wish I was cool enough to care about Lord of the Rings and the Cimmerillion and all of this stuff as much as some people do. Uh, I don't have the attention span for it, but I respect it. I think yes. that it's actually really, it's dorky as hell, but it's the, also pretty darn cool it's to know everything yeah. about it. And people have dedicated so much energy into just i guess in a way wanting to be a part of that world to be yeah. a part of that lore mm -hmm. um that's why in our last episode i when we teased this one i did say in my opinion like sorry star wars uh mm -hmm. yes you're always iconic you're always going to hold that title mm -hmm. but i i personally feel lord of the rings is such a more powerful impactful mm -hmm. on every level from deeply emotional to just technical ability right <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> you know it's funny about me saying that though before everyone freaks out yeah uh part of the making of process of lord of the rings was peter jackson visiting george lucas mm. And just having conversations with him of how do yeah. you approach creating new worlds? How do you do approach mm -hmm. doing X, Y, Z? I, I saw a lot of parallel between yeah. Lucasfilm and, and all of the ways that they very creatively, especially early on, the original trilogy of Star Wars, the way that they made their matte backdrops and miniatures and explosions and all this stuff I got a lot of that same vibe from the mm -hmm. care and attention to detail that uh, that the workshop at uh, that Peter Jackson put together took with Lord of the Rings. Like they yeah. were on the same level, and I could see them being inspired by. They just kind of like took the torch from one to the next, you know. Yeah. So before you at me for saying it, one, mm -hmm. I stand by it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Star Wars never made me cry, folks, or like rethink my whole outlook on life. Right. Star the, Wars was a cool adventure story. Lord the of the themes, Rings was like, oh shit, I need to themes, really check a lot of stuff. The themes <laughs> in Lord of the Rings are so much more. It is it, epic. Feels like too small of a word, partly because I think it's overused. Yeah. But it is among the largest epics of all time. It, like, it's just, it, it, we're not old enough to know what it was like when Ben-Hur first came out. True. But that was like, it completely changed movie making. It was the most expensive film yeah. of all time. Like, that was an epic that just changed how people viewed movies and stories in theaters. And Lord of the Rings was the next generation of that, basically. Which I, I greatly appreciate and respect the hell out of, you know, like Ben-Hur. And you know me, man. I love looking back at where yeah. the movies came from. Uh, one, I think half of the time the stories are actually better way back then. I kind of cared more about a story, but yeah. Another time. Well, I, I think when you are so limited in your technical and effects and stuff, yeah, the bet the easiest thing that you can do well 
is writing. Like yeah. you don't need to spend a lot of money to get good writing. You just need time and talent and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I do think a lot of the writing was better back then. Uh, but yeah, I, I love being able to say like, I got to watch Lord of the Rings on the big screen opening mm-hmm. nights. I got to be a part of those audiences experiencing this whole story. Um, I love, we got to get into the movie, man. We're like, <laughs> we do. Um, so I remember just real quick, uh, the first time I ever, like, I remember my brother talking about Lord of the Rings when I was really little, he had read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember him talking about like the Hobbit was his favorite if I remember right. <laughs> but I do remember he always talked to me about like the dragon and I was yeah. not like, Oh, that'd be cool. That sounds interesting. Uh, and I remember reading the Hobbit when I was in eighth grade and being like, Oh, this is a cool, fun story. Now the Hobbit is a super short book, folks. You can right. read it pretty much in a day, day and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not require three, three hour films. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, <laughs> it's not always going to say. We're going to talk about it later. Uh, uh, but then I remember Lord of the Rings was coming out, and my dad was starting to talk about it a bunch. And I, I remember just kind of, I don't know about you and your dad, but our, our our pops are pretty similar. Yeah. And I remember just kind of being, not weirded out, but taken aback. Like... <laughs> why do you sound so excited about this story? And I remember yeah. like, I can still hear my dad being like, Oh yeah. Gandalf. Oh, he does some cool <laughs> stuff. And you're like, I thought, I thought wizards was evil. <laughs> yeah. Like and Frodo. I mean, Frodo's kind of a chump. Oh, by the way, hot take folks. Uh, <laughs> Sam is possibly one of the greatest heroes. Yeah. And all movies he is the mvp of the series i think that everybody agrees he is arguably Mm -hmm. one of the most impactful meaningful characters heroes whatever yeah since like 2000 i don't every time i watch lord (laughs) of the rings i try to give frodo the benefit of the doubt i'm like (laughs) The ring is corrupting him, and it's really hard for him to carry it, and all this stuff. And it's you know, it's he's struggling with everything that's happening with the ring and Sauron and all the stuff. But at the same time, I feel like Sam could do it by himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like Sam's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> Sam is just constantly encouraging him, literally carrying him, like yeah, saving his and, life constantly. Like I don't. I don't hold any like grudges against Frodo. I, I really have nothing ill towards Frodo because he does. I mean, the ring beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to give him a little grace with that as well. Um, but by the time final credits roll, you were like, Samwise Gamgee. Samwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, and Frodo is as well. Like, Frodo is yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Appreciate that he would not have made it home without Sam. Without sure. Sam, like yeah. Sam's the dude. But we're gonna get more into Sam. <laughs> we'll probably talk a lot about Sam. But like, it's he's Sam, he's great. He's, he's great. great. And Sean Astin is great as Sam, dude. Uh, so yeah, we. Uh, I remember when it came out, and I went and saw it. I saw it without my folks first. I saw mm. it with a group of friends, and I do remember 
like that opening music where you get mm-hmm. the the Lord of the Rings title. You got Galadriel. You get the whole opening with Sauron, the battle for Middle mm-hmm. Earth, the ring, and all that. And I hadn't read the books. Hot take. I was in <laughs> high school. Had not read the books. I had only read The Hobbit. I was supposed to have read the books. I think every homeschooler was supposed to read the books. I slacked and didn't. Yeah. And and even after they came out, I was like, "Ooh, it's interesting now because I have the the book version of the the movie version of the book," and I still couldn't really get through it because I just had better things to do as a teenage boy. Yeah, I I hadn't read them yet. Um, I didn't read them until I like after I saw Fellowship like the third time mm-hmm. I had a buddy and I, who we just kind of be, we latched onto it. You know how you do, you latch yeah. onto something. You're like, well, this oh, is my sure. life right now. This is all <laughs> I want to just totally immerse myself in. Yeah. Everything needs to fuck off except this. Um, but I do remember, <laughs> I will never forget after the opening monologue and you see Frodo in the Shire mm-hmm. and Folks, I'm just going to, first experience was the theater, the normal cut, not the extended. So right. don't be like, wait a minute, you skipped this whole <laughs> bit. No. <laughs> but I remember seeing Frodo and that shot, I don't know why, mm-hmm. what it was, but that shot of him leaning against a tree and he's got his book mm-hmm. and you get like the Shire music as I kind yeah. of like just associated and I remember watching that movie and just immediately knowing, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to love this movie. <laughs> like, and being that, like, I have no clue what I'm in for, but this is, like, credits could have rolled right there and I would have been, like, best movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling. There, have, there are a few movies in my life that you just watch for the first time and you know immediately, yes, this is for me. I don't (laughs) care what happens, where it goes. I already love it. (laughs) Right. You're like, this is, this is it. Like here it is. This this movie is going to be a defining thing in my life. And as the story unfolded, there were so many moments. I still get like goosebumps every time I watch them Mm -hmm. of just like, wow. Would I be able to make that decision? Like, how do you make this choice so, I don't want to say candidly, but so just kind of like, all right, like, I guess this is just what I got to do. So I guess this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, I think that they're, they're, I guess they're good people. Like they're of strong moral character in the sense that when they're presented with a choice and you can either ignore it and not make it your problem or realize that everybody else is arguing and maybe you are the best person for it. You can speak up and say, I'll take it to the, and I'll destroy this ring. And I don't know what that means. And I don't know where I'm going, but I will take on this responsibility because, because uh, why not? Like I should, it's like a, it's like a, a, why not? It's a, I also think, and obviously, we just skipped a whole shitload. Um, but I do, I can't help but think that Frodo kind of takes it on from reading the books or watching the movies. To me, when he accepts the responsibility to be the, the guy to carry this ring, yeah, um, I feel like he does know evil is like, this is pure evil. Yeah. It, 
and it's going to affect me in ways I have no way to prepare for. I have no clue mm-hmm. where I'm going. I have no preparation for this. Right. And he's got to solely rely on, like, I just need someone around me mm-hmm. to kind of show me the steps or at least just to be basically a cheerleader in your corner. Yeah. Just to be able to do this thing. Right. And, and I think he accepts it, one, because in that moment, he's the most at peace. And the ring's obviously, mm-hmm. like, calling to him, and he kind of mm-hmm. feels driven to do it. But to me, I'm like, he is... In that moment, he's the only one that's peaceful. Yeah. Everyone's he's a hobbit him. that lives in the Shire, and he's been, like, peaceful his entire life. Right. And I just, I really love that kind of way of looking mm-hmm. at, at things, essentially, is, and like... He's pretty pure of heart. Like, he has no aspiration of power. Well, that's the best part of all the hobbits. Not just yeah. Frodo, but all the hobbits are very, you know, Merry Pippin, and Sam... Yeah, all of them are just so pure. Yeah, they have no aspiration of power. So when you have the men, humans, arguing and they're trying to control the ring, and then there's all this like political stuff happening, yeah. like the dwarves and the elves don't want them to have it, so they need to like try to do all this stuff. And Frodo's like, "Hey guys, I don't have a dog in this fight. I really don't care, but so I can take it if that helps anybody." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I find it very admirable. Um, I, I just think that choice and every time he gets up and they do that close up of Gandalf instantly yeah. having that like shit. Gandalf <laughs> yeah. knows like this is going to get rough. This is going to be a real bad experience. Yeah. Um, and he but, knows that he knows that it needs to be Frodo. Yeah. But he also knows that it's going to be hell for him. And he's his friend, and he doesn't really want that to happen. Right, and he's like, I, you know, because Gandalf, Gandalf took Bilbo on the adventure of a lifetime, and Bilbo almost died. And mm-hmm. Bilbo has been quietly and very slightly corrupt, not corrupted, but kind of influenced by the ring. Yeah, and he's... Time. He's been distancing himself from the friendship with Gandalf because he doesn't yeah. want to be found out that he is using it. Right. And, uh, dude, I love Gandalf. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Gandalf is amazing. Uh, <laughs> he's also a stoner, which I originally Dude, everyone is a to. stoner in Lord of yeah. the Rings. They like, don't even I- try to be subtle about it. They're like, oh, it's weed. I know. I was like, oh, in the in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's tobacco. They're just smoking pipes. It's tobacco. They're and then the more I watch it, and they just like giggle and smoke weed. I'm like, you are the you and Bilbo and all these people are the biggest stoners of like all. Everyone's time. stoned throughout the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting high. <laughs> but Gandalf is incredible, and I I didn't really. Rewatching it this time, I think I focused more on the fact that he talks a lot about fate and destiny, and yeah. this is what was meant to happen. You were meant to do this. Bilbo was meant to get the ring when he got the ring, and all this stuff. And and that's so interesting to me. Like I wouldn't have expected him to feel like, and maybe he's doing it to encourage them, like. It, this is it's all going to be okay like it's meant to be this way all this stuff but i do kind of think that he actually sincerely believes that 
this stuff is just the flow of time and history and it all lines up and it was meant to happen this way. And so it means that it's meant to work out the way that it's going to work yeah. out. Destiny in, in these movies is an interesting thing to me mm -hmm. because they handle it like the first handful of times someone watches it, I think as they start talking about fate and all the characters' destinies, I think everyone automatically just goes, oh, okay, so we get like destiny. We've heard destiny in every movie like, right. ever made, right? But to me, it's a little bit different. Whereas when they talk about destiny, they're not talking about like some higher power or force of the universe is directing it. Yeah. When they talk destiny, they're literally, and Gandalf is literally just telling them, this is how things happened. Mm -hmm. So that is what equals your destiny is this, the choice you just made, mm -hmm. that's officially your destiny now. Like you were, this was the path, this is right. now your path. Uh, and I, I think he just, he, there's a lot of like humility. Mm hmm in this story with every character. And I think yeah. that's such a important theme mm -hmm. for everyone. Even the hobbits, even Frodo, who is so pure, Marion yeah. Pippin, Marion Pippin, especially <laughs> actually, absolutely the amount of humility that they have to face and just kind of immediately be forced to come to peace with mm -hmm. is so interesting. And it's not a bad human, like being humble is healthy. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's cool to see everyone's levels of like how humble they're they end up having to be just yeah. to be able to like make the next step. Yeah. Essentially. And they're kind of humble in different times and for different reasons. Yeah. Like you yeah. get the deal at the idea from Aragorn that he is obviously very humble, but it's from a perspective of not wanting the mantle of his like birthright and right he doesn't want to be the heir he doesn't yeah. want because he he's kind of like i don't want to say ashamed but he's kind of still i guess trying to make peace with mm -hmm. his lineage's history because he knows like well my guy mm -hmm. is the whole reason all of this is happening <laughs> like right. had he just thrown the stupid thing into mount doom originally right We'd be all right, but here we <laughs> right. are. He's kind of especially aware of the weakness of men yeah. and the susceptibility to be corrupted by power. And yeah, he's and an I interesting love... contrast to Boromir, right. who is is more like he, Boromir and Faramir are like, yeah, we're human men who are easily corruptible by power, but let's use that power for the benefit of the world and for our like, yeah, because they Gondor and they all have stuff. that like blind um, I don't want to say faith in themselves but the they have like this weird arrogance well not a weird arrogance it, it's a pure arrogance of like we know how evil and mm -hmm. how easily this thing corrupts everyone it comes into contact with right but I'll be different <laughs> right. <laughs> right all I have to do is resist it and then I can use it for right. good the All I gotta do temptation of power. It, yeah, I just gotta say no. I'm never gonna be corrupted by that shit. Mm -hmm. Ten minutes later, <laughs> yeah. give me the ring, Frodo. Like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just and, and I love how 
going back a little bit just to to retrace mm-hmm. some stuff. Um, I love how they shot when Gandalf kind of relearns the history of the ring. I don't know why, but the way he like smokes his pipe, the yeah. shuffling of the papers, like I really felt I am in this crazy old, <laughs> like ancient yeah. library. This right. feels like I can almost feel the parchment like crumbling right. in my fingers as he's going through it. And then when yeah. he shows back up to the Shire and he's talking to, you know, Frodo about, do you still have the ring? Is it secret? Is it safe? Yeah. I love how you go from the first, what, 15 minutes of the film where it's very peaceful. It's very just like, Oh, mm-hmm. and then it's your turn of events is Gandalf, who, when you meet him is so wonderful. Yeah. And so cheerful, least, cheerful, yeah. Loving the next time you see him, he's like frantic. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. He's like, there is some serious shit about to go down. <laughs> like shit's about to hit the fan. You got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, I just, I love that shift in the tone and the immediate, like Frodo doesn't really get a choice at that point. Right. Like, and the, the tone is expressed, not just through the actors, but through, the music which is incredible we'll talk about the music throughout the whole episode oh my god also the just visuals like the hobbiton gets darker like the indoors of the houses get darker um the sound design in this movie the movies are incredible like (laughs) like you were saying feeling the rustling of the paper it's because you can hear it you can feel it it's like asmr and and the shrieking of the like nazguls and all the nazgul that's first time Oh, first time you saw the Nazgul, I remember being in that theater and they mm-hmm. do that close up of, of the Nazgul on the, or, you know, the, the ring wraith and all that. And they're yeah. on their horses and they do that close up of like the face. You see the hoof that have all the nails going through it. The cloaks yeah. immediately just being like, oh, yeah, that's bad. That's, that's evil. like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, you but feel I, a shiver go up your spine. You and do. You're not there, but you you're put there by the movie. And I just like for a movie to put you into such an immediate feeling of dread mm-hmm. and desperation to run away. Like mm-hmm. it's incredible how they do this transitional shift, and yeah, the sound design with it, the music, yeah. just the way, the way that, that, the way that they the way that they push the the ring and it lands on the ground and it feels like so heavy it sounds so <laughs> that heavy thud yeah that thud and it's a ring on hardwood floor but it's a thud when it hits yeah. you're like you, you hit and everybody everybody knows what a ring on a hardwood floor sounds like so when you hear that you're like that is different that is <laughs> heavy that is scary that is bad <laughs> and it's it's amazing how this story makes a a very simple plain gold ring yeah just be like ooh, don't don't touch that that's which is a uniquely complicated thing to imagine that's one of the things about lord of the rings that i find so fascinating to describe that this ring has sentience in the sense that it wants to be found it wants to find its way back to its master and it wants to manipulate the world in some way it doesn't have arms it doesn't can't talk it can't lie to you it can't do anything but it is still finding its way back to sauron by manipulating the world so to 
put the audience's mind around that. That's such a weird thing to think about. Yeah. But you you kind of get it. Like you start getting it over the course of the movie. <laughs> you, that, yeah. You're like you buy it immediately. Yeah. Um I love how they did how they shot the ring too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scenes where like you think it's just a close up, but the reality is they made like a giant ring <laughs> and just put it in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. They made so many different kinds of rings, different sizes and all this stuff. And, and watching this trilogy, because he he does it through all three films at various times or multiple times really, all those weird ways that he shot all of the movies previously, including like the one you and I get a huge kick out of <laughs> bad taste, like yeah. those awkward close-ups or just the like that Peter Jackson zoom. Yeah. We see it in all of his other movies, and it's, like, silly. And you're like, well, this is just, what? But then he does it in Lord of the Rings. And mm-hmm. you're immediately like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so effective. And I don't know if it's because he perfected what he was been going for the whole time. Or if he just kind of, it was the perfect fit or meshing of, of yeah. style and content. And trying to know. trying to rewatch him this time around with, like, a... A preparation mentality right yeah uh i i was focusing on all those times where he'd do that that peter jackson signature moment mm-hmm. and my brain would immediately be like oh he did that and you know the frighteners oh he did that exact <laughs> shot and dead alive yeah but in, immediately i'm like oh but it works so well <laughs> like yeah. this there's an effect to it it's it's not being a silly moment all of a sudden now it's like you know, because he does it in moments of dread or right. intensity, and you're like, "Oh, I get it real quick." Like when they're mm-hmm. in the uh, the mines, and you hear the drums yeah. coming up, and they do that like swinging close up through all nine of them, mm-hmm. and then they do that other swooping shot mm-hmm. following the arrow going into like the doorway right by Aragorn. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it's such a fun thing and such a cool thing. And I think it's telling for um, people that want to be filmmakers. Peter Jackson literally did the same style of shooting. I mean, obviously, he amped up a lot of it. Right. But he stuck to some very deep roots in film, mm-hmm. like how he films a, a movie. And he put it on the grandest scale of a film. And it was perfect. And I yeah. almost think it's so telling to be like, don't worry so much about having a perfect shot or don't worry, like find your flavor. And yeah. that is your perfect. I think Peter Jackson, I, you and I have talked about him several times, not just on this episode, but in mm-hmm. that episode in particular, we talked a lot about like just respecting him on his choices for being goofy and just kind of sticking to his guns. It's the perfect example of like, yeah, it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's perfect for him and it makes a perfect movie. Yeah. So I think finding your flavor is that is super key. But, uh, mm-hmm. dude, when they get, I love when they like, okay, I will never forget when I took my, when I went and saw Fellowship with my mom and dad, my mom had zero interest in watching it. She was mm-hmm. like, I don't care about magic. This makes no sense. It's a ring. <laughs> like, how fantasy. is this exciting? It's fantasy. Ugh, not my cup of tea. Ugh. Mm-hmm. 
But it was like, I'll see it with my husband and my son because they both want to watch it. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember my mom. I watched her because I, when I saw it with them, I think it was the second time I had seen it. Uh, I watched her because she was like instantly <laughs> sucked into the story. Yeah. And every little moment, she was just like, oh. <laughs> and I, I don't think anyone will ever forget. Like, if unless you had read the books prior to it, mm -hmm. when Frodo gets stabbed the first time <laughs> right. by the Ring Wraith, everyone's heart just sinks because you're not yeah. even like you're not even a week into this journey, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And he's already yeah. dying. He's been poisoned by the Nazgul blade. Like mm -hmm. what? <laughs> yeah yeah and you don't have like any stakes like you don't know are I, I, could any of these people die at any time i have no like track record of like kind of where this story is gonna go so you're like oh this guy might die immediately like i thought he was top build like he's the front <laughs> guy on the poster right it's elijah wood you can't yeah you can't kill him right away but i think it's it's right from that moment forward Mm -hmm. is when Jackson starts hitting you with the like, this isn't going to be just a a fantasy story. Like, now we're going to start showing you some very deep themes because that's when you get right. introduced to Arwen. And I think Arwen is such a great character to kind of bring in all of these themes. Yeah. When you realize, like, oh, there's going to be some, like, very heartfelt moments in this film. Right. You already kind of get it from Gandalf, but I think Arwen's introduction, especially with Aragorn, Mm-hmm. And just the elves in general, where you're really like starting to get a sense of there's a lot to this, you know, when yeah. she's trying to save Frodo and she's like talking to Aragorn of, you know, this will sound ironic coming from me. This won't be the first only time I say this. Um, but when she's talking to Aragorn about like the importance of having faith and mm -hmm. what they're doing and what she needs to do, like, and being able to just kind of give up control. Yeah. To me, like, especially this time around, I was like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like... Are you trying to make me a better person in my God, real life? God damn you. Peter Jackson, <laughs> Tolkien, everyone involved with this whole story. Fuck yeah. you guys. <laughs> but I love that scene where she's running from the, the ring race and they're, like, mm -hmm. chasing her up to where, like, they try to cross the river and she summons mm -hmm. the magic to come and... I, Dude, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, yeah. when it looks cool, guys. <laughs> but the music. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> the music is incredible throughout the whole thing. Throughout. Now, it's uniquely good. It's amazing how powerful it is in fellowship. And you think to yourself, like, how do you how do you make music more powerful? Yeah. We're gonna get to two towers. And <laughs> I have a specific note about the music in two towers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I love being introduced to like Rivendale. And then you and I talked about like the fellowship when they band the fellowship together. Yeah. And I think it was funny thinking back on when it first came out for us, matrix fans seeing Hugo <laughs> weaving yeah. as Elrond. He walks on screen. We were like freshmen in high school. So immediately yeah. our brains are all like, Oh my God, it's agent Smith. He's an elf. <laughs> He talks basically the same way basically. the whole time. But it, it's funny. He talks basically the same way because he's just got that cadence and that voice. Mm -hmm. But you get, like, he's not scary. 
Right. You just immediately realize like and understand, oh, I need to respect the shit out. Like this guy is Right. You you get the sense that he has seen some shit, he's old and has a long history and a long life. You get the sense that he's a dad and is yeah. kind of like defensive of Arwen, obviously, but also also kind of racist against the men because uh <laughs> they fucked up and didn't destroy the ring he's, so he's got a deep grudge that like spans thousands of years yeah. it's like you guys are the weakest dudes ever i'm never gonna be a fan of you and also my daughter's not gonna date you <laughs> right and of course my daughter is like wanting to have a man baby which ain't gonna happen on my watch yeah it does um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i love Elrond's like whole whole thing and how he kind of leads the council I guess of the mm -hmm. fellowship and brings everybody together it's like he I think Gandalf obviously knows the history learned all the history and all this stuff but Elrond was there like he is like this is a serious thing that we need to solve right now otherwise we're all dead well, yeah. and we're all enslaved for all of time He's Elrond has like the only people there that might have a sense of understanding would be Gandalf. Yeah. Because Gandalf is crazy old too. Mm -hmm. Um grant he wasn't there fighting Sauron firsthand. Um but Gandalf understand you know, Elrond knows what it was like. Mm -hmm. Gandalf has a deep understanding of what's gonna come. Yeah. How dangerous the magic can be yeah basically. and i think it's a cool thing you know it's very subtle you kind of have to piece it together yourself but the two of them when you see both of them for the first time together on screen you immediately know oh these guys have shared stories like there has been yeah and this is another awesome thing that i think is important that the the whole story revolves around is listening like the elders passing down the mm -hmm. knowledge sharing knowledge you know yeah gandalf does it throughout you understand elrond and gandalf can you imagine what kind of histories or like <laughs> lessons they talk to each other about or gandalf yeah. with um oh my god i just lost her oh stupid me galadriel thank you you're welcome <laughs> that's who uh, i was thinking of like the just that whole idea of listening to someone who knows what they're talking about yeah and is sincere about it right they were there they know all about it like they get it they've got yeah. some they've seen some shit right they've been around the block guys <laughs> they know a thing or two because they've seen <laughs> like you should two. probably listen to a thing or two hint hint <laughs> looking at exactly. you looking exactly looking at you um and, and i just i love that whole idea of passing the story on but doing it in a responsible way. You know, yeah. there, there's no leading people one path or the other. They're so straightforward about like, like you said, Elrond's like, so we have to fix this now. <laughs> it's our responsibility right now. You yeah. don't get a choice. You don't get to like, this bickering isn't going to do anything. Right. And, you know, he's trying to stop the bickering. He kind of gets caught up in it, which I, I think is funny. Yeah. And that's when you and I talked about earlier when Frodo just kind of like, I can do it. I get chill every time because, like, especially after seeing so many times, you know yeah. what Frodo's about to go through. Yeah, yeah, and 
You know, I always think if it was me, I would be like, my job here is done. I dropped off the ring in Rivendell. And they now told I me to bring home. to Rivendell. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I would not have signed up for this entire epic journey that is going to cost me probably my life. <laughs> right. You're telling me I'm going to die. Good chance. <laughs> okay. Okay. My other, my other like favorite thing, and you kind of brought it up a little bit earlier, but Mary and Pippin's arc, and Dude. and especially the fact that they are there by accident, that they were just stealing vegetables from a farmer's <laughs> farm, and ran into Frodo and Sam, and kind of went along for the ride. Well, they got and, they got caught up in it because when they run into Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. The ring race have already started chasing them down. Yeah. And they're just kind of stuck with like, oh, so this is where we go now. <laughs> right. And then they get to Rivendell and and everybody's like, we're all signing up for this fellowship. And then they're like, well, us too. I mean, we're not going. If you're going, we're going. And then, and then Pip is like, where, where are we going? What's happening? <laughs> right. I don't really know. I'm just here for it. Which is, I love that you brought that up because... For a long time, I took that as just like, and it it, it is a comedic moment. It is supposed right. to be like a lighthearted moment, mm-hmm. but it's very true. Mm-hmm. Mary and Pippin are an accident. They're not supposed to be there. Yeah, they weren't paying attention to anything that was going. They've been in their own world. They're high all right. the time. They're high, and they have the munchies. They're constantly eating, constantly wanting to eat. Sam's the only one who's kind of really. I think Sam has paid more attention to what this journey is going to entail than what yeah. Frodo has paid attention to. I think Frodo has been so focused on like, there's something about the ring. I feel connected to it already. I feel like yeah. I have to do this. So I'm going to have to do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sam's been like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Like, he kind of gets the scope more. Yeah. Which is another reason I love Sam so much because he's the <laughs> only one that's like been focused Mm-hmm. And he knows, like, the dangers ahead are so fierce and so immense. And Sam is still like, you ain't going anywhere without me, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You can't leave me no matter where you are. Um, them, like, taking off. I love how you get that empowering music. You get those shots mm-hmm. where the camera's, like, on their walk through the mountainsides and over yeah. the snow. And you get that crescendo of music. Oh, that <laughs> yeah the the settings and the locations that they found are all unbelievably good unbelievable it's like, like... <laughs> to see the all of that on screen you you it all just adds up all of those little things the clothing the props yeah the everything the locations they just add up to me believing i'm there and that's what you need and i I think you and I have talked about this, like, especially in our, our Western episode, um, we're like watching movies like this with those costumes Mm -hmm. and they go through like crazy weather. Mm -hmm. And I immediately think about like, man, when we experience weather, some snow, Mm -hmm. rain, wind, whatever. Yeah. We're immediately like, Ugh, my pants are (laughs) wet. Oh, my socks are damp. Yeah. My whole day's ruined. I always, whenever I watch a movie like this, where it's like these crazy costumes <laughs> and they're everything, and they're like walking it. along, and they're just going through it, thousands of miles. They walk through rivers, streams, dirt, mm-hmm. mud, 
it's not even a second thought. It it doesn't even register that they're yeah. getting dirty. And they're fine with it. I always find myself thinking like, man, maybe <laughs> we should get back to that. Maybe I should get back to it. Like, I think yeah. there's I think there's something important in this. And mm-hmm. it's so minute, but I think there's something important in that. <laughs> yeah. It's being comfortable living outdoors for yeah. your entire life and surviving. Like camping. Have you ever thought about like when you see Westerns or movies like this, when they camp outside, there's yeah. no shelter. Right. They literally lay on the dirt. They use like a bag or a boot right. as their pillow. If that. Right. We lay on the grass and we're like, I'm itchy. <laughs> I need an inflatable pad. <laughs> i just i love it but with the costumes they feel so genuine they feel weathered they feel like yeah this if clothing could talk theirs would probably have way more to say than what the movie's telling us Mm -hmm. (laughs) like gross (laughs) (laughs) right right but dude we get to like i love the mountainside you know when you learn that sauron is actually yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. Lo- like that's intense. Yeah. Even though yeah. you already get the sense the first time you meet Saruman, I don't know about the rest of you guys. Yeah. Didn't read the books right away, but <laughs> the moment I saw that tower, I was like, "Oh, he's bad." Yeah. He is not a good guy. Why yeah. is he in white? <laughs> Christopher Lee is a great actor, but I don't think he plays it very like. Oh, I'm your buddy. You kind of definitely get <laughs> like, the idea that. No, you're you're not a nice guy. Like you're like, you're evil. This isn't yeah. good. Gandalf, uh, the first time you see him, he's obviously good. When you see Saruman, you're like, I don't want to nope. be your friend. No, nope. This is a Gandalf. Get out of there. Get yeah. out of there. Um, oh man, I miss. I I told. Well, we skipped over that. Gandalf being trapped on top of the tower and kind of being held prisoner there when he yeah. gets the moth and he calls on the eagles to like. The music they play every time Gandalf does this, and he mm-hmm. only does it a couple times with the, the moth and the eagles, mm-hmm. where he catches it and whispers his incantation mm-hmm. or instruction, whatever. Yeah. The like vocalization music that they play with that every time, I'm just like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> like, yeah. It's such a pretty thing in such a horrible scene. Right, <laughs> Gandalf's all broken and bleeding. Right, and I love when you see him in Rivendell. You, as a viewer, you're like, "Oh, thank God, Gandalf got out of there." <laughs> oh, I need Gandalf. We we can't yeah. do shit without Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, I'd be okay if Frodo ate it, but I would not be okay. If Gandalf <laughs> right, Gandalf is like the dog of any film where you're like, just don't, don't, don't kill the pet. Right, don't, don't do it. Like we need the pet. Don't do right. it. Don't right. do it. What are, what are you doing? Why stop that? <laughs> which sets us up for later, which is which unfortunate. Um, but I love that like whole mountainside battle with the you know mm-hmm. the snow and Gandalf trying to push back the magic from Saruman and Frodo being like, "We're going down the mines." When Gandalf is trying to give him like, yeah, he's like, "Wink, wink." We don't want to go down the mines. <laughs> Frodo, what do you think we should do as long as it's not go down the mines? <laughs> like, stay away from the goddamn mines. They're bad. Yeah. And he's like, we should go in the mines. God damn it, Frodo. <laughs> you had one fucking job. Okay. You had... Oh, we're good. Okay, it's the ring bearer's decision, I guess. I suppose we're doing what that son of a bitch wants to do. Fuck you, Frodo. Yeah. Um, 
if I was anyone else, I'd throw your ass off the side of the mountain right now. Right, right. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mines are like one of my favorite parts of the first movie. Um, it's so intense. It's so intense. From... And ev everything from the door where you have to like have a passcode to get in and there's a secret monster in the pond that's about to murder you. It's like this uh, weird kraken looking thing. Yeah. But like mutated and uglier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it, it uh, fortunately shows up right before they like are going inside. So they, the they fuck don't out have of the mine. It's it. bad. It's a murder fest. Oh shit. <laughs> but when they go into the mine also, I love the conversation where they first see like the creature Gollum and and Frodo and Gandalf have a conversation about, oh well we should just kill him. And Gandalf's like, can you decide who, yeah. like, many who live deserve death and many who die deserve life. Are you able to decide who that is? And I think that just changes Frodo's perspective so immediately. Immediately. It, and you as a viewer, that whole conversation, I love that conversation. I loved how they filmed it to be whispered. Yeah. Kind of in a, a hushed tone. And you get the, like, the cave echo, the mine mm -hmm. echo, you know? But those are like, that's one of those scenes with Gandalf where he starts laying down the the Gandalf wisdom. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, he's talking to Frodo. <laughs> but. Yeah. I feel like he's talking to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a life lesson I'm learning right now. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, oh, this is okay. Okay. That. All right, Gandalf. I yeah, I hear you. Like yeah. it's one of those. It's one of the early moments of Gandalf doing this to you. The other and big one like that is when Frodo's like, "I wish that I this wish the ring had never come to me." Yeah, I wish this dude didn't come to me. And he's like, "Everybody wishes that at some point." And I, yeah, his whole thing is perfect. That that bit between him and Frodo, Frodo just wanting to like renounce everything and mm -hmm. Gandalf giving him the like you know what matters is what we do with the time that's given to us speech mm -hmm. dude I remember even that first time I saw this freaking movie <laughs> the moment Gandalf lays that speech down I'm in the theater bunch of high school boys mind yeah. you we don't show <laughs> yeah. emotion around each other and that line got driven down and I was like in the theater going <laughs> 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 You hold back that that you will not get misty eye. Don't you fucking do it. And you're like, oh, I won't. I won't. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful. But it's powerful. And it's so relevant from yeah. back then, which we brought up the the releasing or the mm -hmm. the time of release. Um, and I think that really hit audiences really hard of just yeah. having this guy kind of remind everybody like you know hey shit happens and right there's everybody find when the books were written in the first place there was world war ii everybody it finds themselves in times where shit's hard and yeah, you, yeah and you want to give up you just want to throw in the towel start yeah. over start you whatever. wish it wasn't happening to you but it is and but you kind of gotta find a way through it and uh it's just, yeah, Gandalf has so many moments of just saying like a quick monologue or just a couple lines, and you're just like, oh, oh, 
like, well, that was a low blow to the feels, Gandalf. I yeah. did not need that in this moment. And then you're like, no, I kind of needed that in this moment. Damn you, wise man. Right. But uh, the whole, I, I'm with you. The mines are such a crazy part of the film. And I, it's awesome because, like, leading up to that has a lot of excitement. And you're just mm -hmm. like, you're really diving into the story. You're still trying to get your footing on what this journey is going to end up being. Yeah. From the mines to the credits. Right. Is nonstop. Right. And you're getting battle sequences that you didn't have yet. And, and it's very exciting. It's ramped up. And by the time the credits roll, your, your heart's been torn out and you're like, where do we go <laughs> from here? Right. But <laughs> right. You started out with a, very pleasant fellowship. I always love when they leave Rivendell and there's that like intermission, basically like yeah. cut. It's like a slightly longer cut, and there was this nice music right before. And I'm like, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> you're like, well, shit. <laughs> and then the mines happen, and you're like, oh, God. Mm -hmm. I love the mines. I, one of my favorite things about the whole mine sequence is the sound. Yeah. I love how echoey how vast right. Jackson managed to make this set of miniatures and <laughs> CGI, mm -hmm. but they feel like never ending. Right. And they just, you'll never find the end of where that staircase goes. Yeah. You're never going to find. Or when that bucket falls down the well and right. it just goes just... and goes and this noisy and noisy. And you're just, you're never going it, to, it's too big. Mm -hmm. These mines are just too big. They spread too far. And, you know, Gandalf even has that, what does he say? It's like a three days journey from one end to the other or whatever. Yeah. And immediately my brain's thinking like, man, before they were all massacred, that means like if you had to send a squire, a dwarf squire <laughs> from one end to the other, it was like an actual journey for him to get to right. a part of the mines that he needed to go and see. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I, I love the scope of it, and I love that it's all, like, miniatures. Mm -hmm. That just in the way they shot it makes you feel like it's never... And then you get the echoes. Because mm -hmm. when you go into a cave, you expect echoes. That's why everyone whispers. Right. And I love that Jackson had that uh, attention to detail, just making sure, like, there's echoes. You've got, like, the random sounds of rocks kind of yeah. making a little louder noise than what you would <laughs> think they are but it's mm -hmm. just because everything's so dead silent and like water uh, dripping and stuff. It, yeah. It's just, I love the look of it. I love when they go find themselves in the tomb, which immediately they go in that room. And you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, like get out. What? Yeah. Staying in the room. Like, Let's read this diary of this you're guy like, who died. This, this is like that part in the video game where you're like, I have to go in there to investigate and find mm -hmm. a clue. I'm going to die. Yeah. It's going to trigger something it. bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah, when, when Pippin drops the skeleton down, look, he doesn't even drop it. Yeah. I, it bumps it. And I have, I feel so bad for Pippin on this scene <laughs> because I relate to Pippin so much in this yeah. scene where all he's doing, he's investigating. Mm -hmm. He touches an arrow. He doesn't mm -hmm. even like push. He squeezes an arrow and lets go. Yeah. And then the skeleton head drops and then the body follows because the mm -hmm. weight just gives. And yeah. I always think to myself, like, that skeleton was probably already 
on the verge of falling. <laughs> like it was already yeah, there. It took the tiniest touch. You just you have the bad luck. And I think of myself like you just have that kind of luck, man. That would have been you. You would have been like, yeah. ooh, oh. <laughs> and then it's noisy for an awkward amount of time. And you're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but let's face it. When we all saw that movie the first time, the moment it drops and that first clatter shows up, mm -hmm. Gandalf had just read the last diary entry of like, they're here. They're here. <laughs> die. This is it. Yeah. The sound of drums, you're like that body drops, and you're thinking like, "Oh God, oh God!" <laughs> yeah, you're just your butthole puckers. You just it does sense of dread. Jackson does that that awesome thing where he holds the silence for just like an extra half second. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, it's too much. I like, I need something. I need it something. Might be okay." <laughs> and you get Gandalf like yelling at Pippin quietly. Mm -hmm. And then the drums. Mm -hmm. oh, drums in the deep. The drums in the deep. Dude, those drums are daunting as fuck. We've seen them how many times? Every time I watch it, I'm Every like, time. ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you just hear doom. Mm -hmm. But that chase is awesome. I love the chase through the whole mines. I'm going on the stairs, the Belrog being summoned and showing up. Dude, that Belrog That Belrog still looks amazing. Like, I can't amazing believe Amazing, and looks. still looks like one of the most all-time evil sons yeah. of bitches ever yeah. put on screen. <laughs> yeah. So that was Sauron, right? Like, that was definitely the bad guy. Right. But you see Belrog, and you're like, ooh... Yeah. scarier <laughs> yeah he's a he's a scary mother jammer for sure but then the sad sad <sighs> unfortunate you just said killing gandalf is like killing a puppy in a movie unfortunately gandalf has to die he's fortunately the first you die. get the first one why you fools uh -huh. are you fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> he he falls to your assumed death like obviously he's well, falling he, to darkness I mean, we, with a falls. giant monster. Yeah. yeah. So Gandalf falls. Everybody assumes he's dead. And I I remember even people who knew the books by heart. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to them, and even they were saying, "We've got mutual friends that say this." Like when you watch Gandalf fall, mm -hmm. when that wit comes up and grabs his ankle and pulls him, yeah. and you immediately understand what like oh god mm -hmm. the backbone the mentor the right. wisest man the guy holding all of it together <laughs> yeah the guy that was most important for us to know even how to get to mordor or solve this problem <laughs> is, is about now gone. to die <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude when he falls like his line fly you fools and then he just drops is still one of the most like intense moments mm. and i'm a sucker for these kinds of uh tricks in a movie when something sad happens and they like kill the sound but there's still a lot going on and they just yeah. amplify the music jackson does that watching all of them like scream mm -hmm. and wail mm -hmm. while trying Mourn. not to get shot yeah is like this is intense. This yeah. is so intense and exhaust, like emotionally exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, my mom in the theater was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, she's like crying because Gandalf just 
fell and my dad who knew the books even he's kind of like mm-hmm. a little misty-eyed <laughs> and then they they get like no time to mourn what do you get right you gotta get, like, get out of there you get out of there they get what 10 15 seconds of crying yeah. silently you get, just trying to everybody process. kind of takes a minute by themselves once they get out of the mine and aragorn has to be the one to kind of be like this sucks yeah, I have no clue what we're about to do, where we're yeah. actually supposed to go. I think he's also thinking in that moment of like, he's the only one with a real quote unquote destiny. Yeah. And like you said, he's been fighting it. And I think that moment he really starts to realize. Yeah. I don't have a choice. I have to be a leader. I have right. to do this. Now. He's been avoiding being a king because he doesn't think that he's capable or, or, good enough or worthy whatever yeah and so but yeah now gandalf's not there boromir's not gonna be it gimli's not gonna be it legolas isn't gonna be it so uh, i guess it's me i guess i gotta step up and i i think i think that's a cool thing he has a very quick and this is a testament to vigo mortensen like yeah wow yeah (laughs) he does it so well all in just a very quiet face where he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't even allow himself to really mourn Gandalf's mm-hmm. passing. He just has that like quiet kind of understanding of people are going to die. Yeah. It sucks. It's horrible. But you have to like you kind of have to keep going forward. Yeah. Otherwise, Especially with a mission as important as this yeah. one. And I, I love when Boromir tells him, like, let him mourn. Let him, and mm-hmm. he's like, we have to go. You don't get it. We have to do this. Yeah. So that him falling means something. Right. I think that's such a like powerful thing. And I, I mean, I it's feel, literally what Gandalf told you to do. Is right. Why are you fools? Don't just stand around right, lollygagging. Like, get going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they make it a little ways. They get that. They end up in the uh, the wooded elves, right? That's where they yeah. meet. Yeah. Galadriel, yeah. Galadriel for the first time. First she time is so mysterious and scary and beautiful, gentle. And, and, and I think it's so perfect. Yeah. Because you never get a, a predominant read. Right. On Galadriel. You don't know what is her deal. Like, you know that she wants what's best for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all you get. (laughs) Like, I think she's a good guy. (laughs) She, her and Gandalf are like, right? She's, she's an elf. She's got Elrond and they seem okay with each other. (laughs) Like, people, people seem to trust her counsel. But she can also, like, talk to you without talking and that yeah. is on its own kind of unnerving <laughs> and she knows things about you yeah and i love she that knows she knows too much like, about you having just met you yeah and you're like this, this is a bit much lady like i yeah. get what you're doing i get what you're saying mm-hmm. let's let's uh let, yeah. let's let's just pump some brakes though like, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and i do first time we saw it did it weird the shit out of you when Frodo tries to give her the ring and she has that like freak out. Yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. There's several times in the movie where people 
freak out and the effects are like so scary when <laughs> when uh bilbo tries to get his ring back and he's like Rah! like that scares the crap out of me every time i see it but yeah then gladiel kind of does the same thing he's like here you take it you're right. a pure elf like obviously you'll be great at this and i'm just a little hobbit i like to go home please and uh she's like yeah freaks out and then she's like immediately hey i made it through the trial of the I temptation of the trial. ring yeah. Which I think is a. The more I watch it, and especially this time around, the more I appreciated that scene. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, dude, she had the balls to be like, all right, let's do this test. Let's see if I try to snatch it away from Frodo. Let, let's yeah. see if I allow corruption to actually come into my, into my being. Right. And she does it. I think that's admirable ballsy as fuck to just be like all right let's do this like go ahead test me let's, let's i'll dive right into it there's no thought no prep work yeah uh, that's scary to me by the way yeah it's a lot like that um that old greek phrase know thyself like you yeah. just need to test yourself to know would i do it like would i fail or would i do what i would like to think that i could do uh, you don't know what you'll actually do until you actually test yourself. And so I do think that's kind of admirable that she yeah. actually w like went there and then actually withstood it. That, I mean, it does prove that, yeah, I'm not just some goody two shoes sitting in an elf tree. I'm actually a good person. <laughs> right. Like, all right, there's some, there's some good still in me. Yeah. Um, of course, when they leave, that whole like elven wooded palace, which is really, I love the design, the set designs of all that. That giant fucking tree trunk is still mm -hmm. like, I want to see a tree that size. I really <laughs> do. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. But when they get to the woods and the Urukai army yeah. is like come down just before that, I always, God, oh, Boromir. Yeah. God damn Boromir. Yeah, he like he succumbs to the rain calling to him and trying to take him over. I love that Frodo kicks his ass. Mm -hmm. I hate that Frodo has to do it while putting the ring on because all of a sudden, like, because at that point you've understood, right. like, every time you use that ring, Sauron, like the Eye of Sauron, sees you. Yeah, it, it gets a little bit closer. It gets closer, and you're allow you're opening yourself up to corruption more and more right and uh it's almost like what's that phrase jake it's uh absolute power corrupts, <laughs> corrupts. absolutely that is exactly <laughs> the phrase yes um it's a thing people if you don't true. believe me just look at the world <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> yeah it's like nobody read lord of the rings when they were kids and didn't take it to heart and, so and you can tell you should take it to heart um, yeah, seeing Boromir, I always feel so bad because Boromir has this whole thing where, like, you get where he's coming from. Yeah. He's trying to restore honor to the Age of Man. He's right. trying to restore honor to Gondor, to mm -hmm. his father. And uh, he means well. Right. But he just fucks up so <laughs> royal. Yeah. And yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's he's exactly what he doesn't want to be, which is susceptible to the, like he has this weakness inside of him yeah. that's susceptible to the power. 
and like everybody is that's the whole thing but yeah he does have that kind of arrogance that if we just used it like what if we could wouldn't that be great and that's exactly the temptation every time yes it would be great everybody knows it would be great but you can't but you can't you need to accept that you can't it's a another age old saying of like just because you can doesn't mean you should yeah um I think that's a very important life lesson, people. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Boromir, he has that moment, you know, when he finally realizes what he's done. He breaks down. Yeah, it's like he's completely like shameful. Like, I, yeah. I hate watching him go down this road, <laughs> mainly because you know it's about to happen. But like, it's just so heartbreaking to me because I think every person, mm-hmm. but. On kind of a different level, every man has this deep-seated thought of honor. Yeah. And you never want to be shamed, like ashamed of yourself. And when you are right. ashamed of yourself, like, is there a lower feeling? Is right. there a moment of just like... You feel like a worm. Like, it's just like you worst. just It's so bad. And how do you yeah. even, like, build yourself from that? So every time I watch Boromir go through this, like, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's it's not like super long that it happens, and some people probably don't see it the same way. But I'm like, when I watch it, I think of it from that uh, perspective of like, man, honor is like a big thing. Self respect is a big thing. Yeah, and when you lose all of that and you feel shame towards yourself, like mm-hmm. it's really difficult. Yeah, to come back from that. Right, and especially for him, he's got some daddy issues back he's home. He's got so. severe daddy issues. Wow, <laughs> fuck yeah. that guy, by the way. Um, but I do love when Boromir, you know, he admits to, well, he doesn't admit to Aragorn yet. Well, yeah, he does. But yeah. when he sees Merry and Pippin in danger, right, and that's his moment of like, I have to save him. Yeah, like I have like, to do something. I need to make up for totally screwing up a minute ago yeah like i need to like do good in order to do right by these people that yeah. i have kind of and you betrayed. Really, i tried to betray them you really feel like he would be the ultimate protector especially of mary and pippin yeah at this point like dude boromir and i hadn't read the books yet <laughs> But like it, you have that quick sense of like, dude, Boromir's gonna be on a war path of protection now. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, you're like that was his be... that was his dip, and now he's gonna rise like a phoenix <laughs> like, from the ashes. Yeah, Boromir's and... gonna be a bad motherfucker. Yeah, and then he dies, and then he gets shot, <laughs> and when that first arrow hits him, I you could have heard a fucking pin drop in that theater. Yeah. Yeah, because like, everybody wants him to be redeemed. And yeah. so you're excited. Like, this, he, he's going to find a way back from that mistake he made a second ago. He's got his whole arc in front of him. You're like, and then go Boromir, arrow number one. And you're like, okay, brutal. He yeah. might make it because that, that one doesn't look like it would be. It's kind of shoulder ish. I used to that all it's the like, time. It's, like, it's not fatal. Yeah. Second arrow. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh. and he's just fighting through it and it's slow mo and the fighting music. Through, getting shot. And yeah. when he finally like can't stand up anymore. Yeah. You start yeah. to realize you're like, oh, I know what this is. This is a like, fight to the death scenario. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is it. This is, and the hardest part of that scene, and I think it's 
possibly one of the most brilliant things that Peter Jackson did in this trilogy, or at least one of my favorite things he did, was Boromir is still alive Yeah, when Merry and Pippin are taken away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a brutal thing to put this character through, which is why I like it. Yeah. Not for like any, oh, Dustin's fucked up, but <laughs> I like this idea of like, or this uh, way of going about Boromir is in the middle of trying to redeem himself in the right. most extreme way possible. And then he fails at doing yeah. the one thing he was trying to do. Right. And he has to watch it happen. Right. And he literally can't get off of his knees because he's been shot like, what, five times at that point? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's so intense. Mm -hmm. And it, it's so, in a way, relatable. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a a warning in a way that it's like you had this, you if you didn't make this mistake before and go down this path that you felt like you needed to redeem yourself from and in this extreme situation, then you wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. But now you are and now it sucks and you're dealing with the consequences of it. Yeah, it's I love that idea of this is the consequence. Mm -hmm. And I mean, thank God Aragorn showed up to like hack that dude's head off. Cause yeah. let's face it, when everyone watched that Yurikai pull that arrow back, when it's like three inches from Boromir's face, yeah. everyone was thinking like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, yeah. like don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like Boromir dying is one of the most intense deaths I think in the whole thing. And it's so yeah. weird to say Which that. Which is just wild, because. because Gandalf just died. At least you think <laughs> yeah. he did. And you're like, what the fuck? We didn't even make yeah. it, like... One death per movie, guys. One death. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, we started with, what, nine people? Nine people, and, and now and, you're down to seven, and then yeah. Frodo has to leave Merry and Pippin, when That's you're like... more than 20% down. We didn't even make it through one movie, <laughs> and the Fellowship has disbanded like completely yeah not only like two have died now they're separated from each other and all this stuff like it's, it's shit's falling Mary and apart Pippin have been taken away by orcs in the Urukai. you've got aragorn legolas and uh gimli who are still fighting yeah like they're those three are together but then you got sam chasing frodo down because frodo understands like his part of the journey is going to require something like yeah He's got to do this on his own at this point. Right. And the main and thing Sam's is just coming needs, with him. He needs to keep moving. Like and he's, he's got to keep moving. He can't stay still. Yeah. And uh, man, I love Sam. Like when Frodo's going across, Sam, I have to go on my own. Of course you do. I'm coming with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree, but I'm also coming with you. Right. I fucking <laughs> love Sam. Dude, when he pulls Sam out of the water mm -hmm. and Sam tells him like, I made a promise, Mr. Frodo, like, don't leave his sight. Sam. Hearing him recite Gandalf's <laughs> words to him, you're like... <laughs> yeah. It's so powerful. <laughs> Son of a bitch! There's so much virtue in this character! What the hell? Yeah. Little did we know, that was only scratching the surface. I know. I know. Dude. That last shot where Frodo's saying, like, I'm glad you're with me, Sam, or here mm -hmm. on the string with me, Sam, and like me too. That shot of them looking, you know, across Middle Earth, awesome. Yeah. And I, I also real quick, I love how Aragorn has to reset, 
you know, Legolas and Gimli real quick too, and mm-hmm. remind them like we got Merry and Pippin. We like Frodo has to do his own thing now. Yeah, we get that, but we can go and do this for Merry and Pippin. Like we yeah. can get those two. Yeah, it's not like our job's done because he's got it or something. Yeah, like there's like, still a shitload to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. <laughs> Fellowship is one of the most incredible first installments, in my opinion, on every oh, 100%. level. 100%. Every level. It's yeah. amazing. Funny anecdote, when my mom saw it and that last shot happening, they do the fade. Yeah. You know, directed by Peter Jackson. My mom didn't know it was a trilogy. <laughs> so when that happened, my mom in the theater out loud was like, that's it? <laughs> and dad and I were like, there are two other movies. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> that you have to wait a year to see. A year two. Yeah. Yeah. Two towers, man. Yeah. So uh, I, I think a lot of people say that two towers is their favorite. Mm-hmm. I personally, I think Fellowship is my favorite. Okay. I just love the beginning of the journey. I love the forming of it. I love the whole thing. Yeah. Two Towers is awesome. I love all of the battles and the politics and everything in it. It's very different. Uh, it obviously benefits a lot like uh, like Empire Strikes Back benefits from being this the second. It doesn't have to be a beginning. It doesn't have to be an end. It can just be all cool stuff, which is great. But I, I think Fellowship is just such a perfect version of yeah. that story. So Two Towers is my favorite yeah. of the three. That's, not a, that's very common. I, I always have to laugh when I say, like, Two Towers is my favorite. Or, like, when I tell people, you know, Dark Knight is my favorite installment in that trilogy. Or mm-hmm. A New Hope's my favorite. Well, actually, I'm not going to use that because I actually have stuff against those other <laughs> two. But um, in no way... When I say that that's my personal favorite, am I saying like there's something wrong or something right. I don't like about the other two? I think they're all amazing. But Two Towers, the reason it's my favorite is because there are moments in that part of the story um, with like the Ents and then mm-hmm. with Frodo and Sam and Faramir and even yeah. Frodo with. Um, Gollum, and you yeah. brought it up earlier. I think Two Towers is the the installment of this story that really lets you, as the audience, understand like this isn't just about a halfling trying to destroy yeah. a ring. Like the story is on a whole new level. The story is your life. Mm-hmm. It is you personally. You are all these characters. You are just only focusing on like whatever evil is in your life. And it's kicking Mm -hmm. your ass. Like we all need that's two towers is such a powerful movie to me. And I rarely will make it through without tearing up. Um, (laughs) Rarely, rarely. I just, I think there's so many elements in it of bravery Mm -hmm. of making that understanding, making that peace with the next step. Yeah. And what what that might require and how you just have to be at peace with it. Maybe not okay with it, but you just have to be at peace with this might get rough, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. I need to do this. So this is what I need to do. 
Yeah, Two Towers is a very powerful movie to me. <laughs> so many levels. And it's just fucking cool. Like, yeah. It's just so fucking cool. Helm's I love all of these nuts. movies. It is. I love how all of these movies just like start exactly where the last one picked off. Yeah. Like, you could spend 12 hours watching all of them at the extended versions, obviously. And that's a great day, basically. It's a great day. Yeah. It's a it's an amazing day. Um and you walk away at the end of all of them just like you know, especially with Return of the King when it finally ends. Uh for me, every time I watch this trilogy, I always find myself kind of in a moment of I can't get up right away. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why. I have these movies like I know them so well. I know the story so well. I've seen it so many times. Um but they affect me deeper, like every time I watch them, and especially the last few years, having watched them a couple times, I'm like, oh my god, is there a more relevant film? There might yeah. be, but is there? Like, <laughs> this is so healing. Um, but I always find myself just having to absorb. Like, yeah. I have to take that moment and just be like, okay, yeah. And I think that <laughs> is why these movies will stand the test of time, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Like they're going to last forever and people are going to feel that feeling forever, forever. Yeah. And and I love, you know, on top of all of the like crazy deep meanings that I, I take from two towers. uh, I actually really love the pacing and Mm -hmm. how patient two towers is. Yeah. I love the patience of that second Mm -hmm. installment. I, I just think it's like, it's such a smart move. To just let the story grow, you're yeah. keeping the audience just no, no, like, and then you get the literal character of Treebeard telling you, like, don't be hasty, <laughs> yeah. like, just you need to, you need to let this lie, you need to just let this slow be it down. Yeah, I love that. I think it's such a like, okay, <laughs> two towers, dude. The whole idea with like Warm Tongue. Yeah, and the Knights of Rohan. I love the Knights of Rohan. The, the, when we were talking before about like the props and the attention to detail yes. and everything, and how everybody's swords are always so incredible and so cool, but the Two Towers specifically and the Knights of Rohan specifically, their armor and their helmets and the etchings of the horses and all of the stuff—it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The like. Like you get what this people are about just by looking at them, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You you see like this kingdom, and you immediately understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a whole new like. There is a level of respect. There is mm-hmm. a level of like this honor. There is history. Like yeah. you immediately just oh, this is an ancient. Like this is this is important. <laughs> Right. And you get the updated Lord of the Rings music from Howard Shore. <laughs> oh, dude, first time he hits you with that music, the like the new mm-hmm. music in Two Towers. Every time I'm like, oh, that's just <laughs> that's goosebumps. <laughs> it could yeah. just be like a wide shot of the of the kingdom or mm-hmm. the, the Rohan. Prairie or whatever. You're yeah. just like no one's doing anything. They're sitting on horses, but you hear that music and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, there's some, there's some royalty here and not in like a normal sense. Like there, there's something yeah. deep here. Yeah. I love that. I love the Knights of Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
one of my and it's favorite fun to see a super young Carl Urban. Yeah, it is fun. He's a great. Uh, one of my favorite things about Two Towers, I do think that it you see the most of Peter Jackson in it. Yes, like there's the the scene with the orcs and Marion Pippin, like they had just gotten taken away. Um, with the meats back on the menu scene, <laughs> yeah, and they like eat that guy. There's like intestines flying through the air and stuff, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, that's Peter Jackson is like that a is gross Peter out Jackson. guy. That's really it, awesome. But it works for that it context because totally the orcs are not going to be like, yeah, calm. They're not going <laughs> to be. They're and the like prosthetics on their faces, they're disgusting looking, Dude. but you see them like close up kind of for the first time, really, where they're talking to each other and they're just their prosthetics and faces. They're so gross looking. There are some of those close ups that Jackson puts of orcs throughout all three films. Mm hmm. He like picks one orc mm -hmm. to just do a quick close up on. And that orc becomes the face of your permanent nightmare. Like <laughs> yes. Every evil entity you can conjure in your head yeah. has that face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've, I'm able to apply that to the goblin that I have in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, it amazes me. There's so many of those shots. There's that one. I think it's in Return of the King. He does this shot of one, and it's got like these huge eyes, but they have like that cat slit. Yeah, and they're they're just massive, and it's just like grinning at the camera, and you're like, eh. yeah, eh. <laughs> yeah, so much of it is so gross. Yeah, and I would just say the way that he like animates the ants and tree beard and all yeah. of that stuff. It's like it's so different it's kind of pops out at you part oh, of it's the man. green screen but part of it's just like their animation is so different and then the the marshes with like frodo and sam like oh, there's the heavy frighteners like vibes from those ghosts in the water and it just it feels so gross when they're walking through that marsh you can almost feel the like humidity the heaviness yeah. the like smells of bad it. i mean granted it has been like triple digits here. So maybe I was just feeling the humidity of home, <laughs> but <laughs> you felt like you were there. Is what yeah, I felt like I was there. There, there was a lot of sweat. Okay. Yeah. Um, not. um <laughs> yeah, I just, I think two towers is just, it's such an incredible movie. I, I love, I love why well, I already brought up the pacing, but I love how he like the sequencing. Mm -hmm. I think it's done so masterfully. Especially yeah. when like Mary and Pippin meet Treebeard for the first time and like just how he splices all this stuff in. And mm -hmm. every time I watch Two Towers, and I think every it'll be a permanent thing for me. It's one of those movies where I know the chain of events, especially as it starts to escalate into the Battle of Helm's Deep. Like I, I know what's gonna happen. But I find myself getting kind of like anxious because mm -hmm. you're like, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get going. You gotta <laughs> like, we gotta get going. Like the battle's mm -hmm. here. Like the orcs have arrived at Helm's Deep, and you get don't rehearse. Yeah, Robert. you're like, mm -hmm. I can't do a tree bird. Don't judge. Uh, <laughs> you're like, no, I need, I need, like, you gotta get moving. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like you do not understand the severity of the situation, bro. <laughs> I don't know why I know like it turns out. Okay. Mm -hmm. But every time I'm like, Oh my God. Have you ever had that, that moment when you're watching it 
well, we have these moments with characters all the time. Mm-hmm. I retract my question, but <laughs> Two Towers is another one of those where it has a moment where you are you react very harshly to a very poor decision by a key character. Yeah. And when the king decides to go to Helm's Deep and not mm-hmm. listen to Gandalf, every time I'm like, fucking <laughs> idiot. You yeah. fucking idiot. Yeah, and they're like, it's to, it's protected us for thousands of years. It will protect us again. And we're like, <laughs> like are you sure about you that? You are backed into a corner and yeah. no way out. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I would understand that if it didn't have a glaring weakness that can be exploited. <laughs> and God damn it. But I, I love I love how Peter Jackson ended up leaving some like normal natural things in the whole like everything at mm-hmm. um at the kingdom. My favorite thing is when Aon comes running out and the wind it's yeah. so bad. I love how instead of trying to like fix her hair in mm-hmm. between shots or like trying to make sure everything's perfect, they let they let it be. Yeah. I think that was such a smart decision of just letting her hair be in her face, be all crazy in the wind yeah. because it's wind and it <laughs> does this. Right. And she's in like this kind of wild tundra land and it just kind of fits the setting it that fits. she would it's be. It's so perfect and it feels natural and it's another Mm -hmm. one of those moments where like it really keeps you in Mm -hmm. the world like you at no point in these movies do you ever like disconnect from middle earth yeah every shot you're you're just like oh i'm in it yeah yeah i I love that scene and i love when the the sigil flag like the flags off and floats down there's no real reason that i am aware of why that rips and why it floats down and why aragorn sees it on the ground it just the wind is just strong and it takes it down beautiful and i like it and i will watch it every time i don't i don't mind it at all yeah I mean, if you really want to stretch or whatnot and find like a metaphor because aragorn's the one that sees it fall and like, because mm-hmm. it lands next to him as he's riding into mm-hmm. into the castle, but um, you could almost take it as like a bad omen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. But let's let's talk real quick how gross Wormtongue <laughs> is, and how every scene, every time mm-hmm. he speaks, you are just like, "This is disgusting. This character needs to go away." <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Uh, super gross and gnarly looking. Every time I see him, I know you haven't seen this movie, but I think of the kid catcher from uh, <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. He looks and is just as scary as that guy. Like, Wormtongue, and the way that he's so conniving, and I love that they don't they don't even try to be subtle with like what he's doing. Yeah. I, I've well, he's gotten so used to being... He's he like I think early on he would have been more concerned, but now yeah. he's just been in control for so well, long. Who ca- like who cares? He's this he's, uh he's a Middle Earth influencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um laughing out of pain, folks. Um, <laughs> let that sink in. Uh yeah. I just I think that actor, um, mm-hmm. Oh my god, I just lost Brad Dorif, right? I have no idea. I believe you. Uh, fun fact, guys, he does the voice of Chucky. 
and oh, child crazy. Support. Like that the original lot, child actually. support. <laughs> yeah, right? Like immediately you're like, uh, oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah good casting. Yeah. Brad Dorf, right? Yes. It has to be Brad Dorf. <laughs> yeah. Please it is. hold. I'm I'm looking it up. Okay. <laughs> I had to. I was like, this is driving me nuts all of a sudden. But I think he plays that so well of just yeah. being so gross mm-hmm. and so conniving and so like he's evil. He's a bad guy. He's a villain. Yeah. And it's so satisfying when he literally gets booted out of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like it's gross when he's just like whispering into the king's ear and kind of poisoning his thoughts and yeah. making him into this like gross disgusting king guy but then when gandalf confronts him and said like why are you doing this like what do you are oh, no the the brother the cousin or the uncle nephew i'm getting my relationships messed up the nephew of the king like confronts him and he's like hey why are you doing this what have you like saruman promise you and they just kind of like looks at Eowyn, and you're like, oh no. Oh yeah, you're like, I oh no, like oh that. no, no, no. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. Not not poor innocent Eowyn. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's one of those moments that makes your skin crawl just a yeah. little bit. The way that he plays that, he doesn't say anything. He just kind of with like, that quick little over, eye shift. Oh yeah, and she walks out of the away. room. And it's like, oh yeah, gives all of his intentions oh. away. But I do love it when... Ga- Dude. Okay. How satisfying was it? Now, I had read the book at this point, so I knew he was returning. Mm. But every time, it's yeah. still so satisfying, and it's so relieving. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get such a, a, a such a surge <laughs> of, like, hope all yeah. over again when Gandalf reappears, but now he's Gandalf the White. And you're like, well, and it's, yeah. it's, it's benefited by, like, an instant sinking feeling in your stomach when they're like, yep. let's take him to the white wizard. And you're like, Oh no. Right. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. like, he's evil. And they, I, they, I love how he like tries to trick you. Like they definitely use a Christopher voice over him. Well, he's like kind of garbled. And then, and you're yeah. like, you don't know for a long time that it's Gandalf. And then you do. And you're like waves of relief. He, over yeah. You. You're like, Oh, Oh yeah! Yes. <laughs> like, oh, the fight's back on. Like, we got a chance. Mm-hmm. I love watching Gandalf, like, show up, pretending like when they're taking all their weapons away before they go and see the king, and he's like, "You wouldn't take a or separate a man from his walking king." Yeah, and no they're man. like, "Oh yeah, we can't <laughs> do that." I love that he plays even the like. Ugh. Yeah, like, he's he like, does, he like leans on, on Aragorn Legolas or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and I love immediately. Wormtongue is like, I told you to get his staff, and then he yeah. gets his ass beat. <laughs> yeah, it's so satisfying. <laughs> Fuck you, Wormtongue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just from Gandalf like reclaiming uh, the king. I mm-hmm. love how he like casts Sourman out. Yeah. Which I think that's an interesting little play of possession. Right. That no one seems to ever really talk about, but that's an interesting little piece of possession where yeah. it's like it's literally possessed by this dark wizard who is controlling him or like able to control him and read his thoughts and manipulate him through yeah. Wormtongue's assistance. 
He like and, opened the door to let him in, basically, and now that Saruman's in there, it's just, he can do whatever he wants. To me, it, it's another. And I know, like when Tolkien wrote this, he wasn't very big on metaphors, but I take tons of metaphors from the story. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's another great metaphor of just how easily influenced or, you know, yeah, influenced to think one way, mm-hmm. uh, let yourself just kind of be steered around in the wrong direction. Right. And you just, you like, you don't put up a fight for it because you just, it, mm-hmm. it's so overpowering. It's so much, and you're just all consumed by it. So you just kind of let it happen. Right. And you just kind of rot away at that point. I mean, he's like rotting. He's old and rotting. And when he's finally free of it, he like yeah. de ages. He's completely rejuvenated. Like, yeah. It's nuts. And yeah, it's a perfect metaphor for, I mean, all of us are the kings of our own lives. Yeah. But we have advisors who will speak into our lives and who are you letting advise you do you really trust them should you trust them and take their words into your life if they're poison it was going to reflect very literally on you right as as letting that in so you need to be just aware of who your advisors are and who you trust to me it speaks so much to like the last 15 years Mm -hmm. uh, especially 10 years especially excuse me um, just kind of the current state of the world, and I did find myself watching T Towers, thinking of like, man, if Tolkien like <laughs> was alive today, yeah, I don't think he would really change anything in his story. Mm-hmm. If anything, he might make the characters a little more angry, a little <laughs> more like. I think his metaphors would be less subtle because he'd be like, you obviously <laughs> didn't get it in the 50s. <laughs> right. <laughs> you didn't get it in the me 20s. It you out. didn't get it in the 40s. You didn't get it in the 50s. You didn't get it in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You didn't get it. <laughs> but I do agree with you. I think that he would write basically the same story today because the the whole story is so timeless. Like yeah. Even though it's about swords and sorcery and magic and all this stuff, it is that's like on the surface to keep you interested the main story is about relationships like it's about human beings and relationships and how all of these things interact it's about the king of rohan and how he has this kind of fallen apart rivalry with gondor they should be friends they need the assistance from each other but they kind of fell apart and it's about Gandalf and his relationship with Bilbo and how that led to Frodo getting into this situation and all the relationships in the mm-hmm. fellowship, obviously, and then relationships with fathers and sons with Borman Fairman. Like the whole thing is about the relationships of these people while they go through some yeah. crazy thing. And you're going to learn a whole bunch of life lessons along the journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love when Gandalf, like, cast Saruman out. One of, I love the detail when he gets like cast out and he gets thrown to the floor in his own tower. Mm-hmm. I love that his face is like cut. Like he has a physical cut mm-hmm. on his face. He's not just like dropped down like, oh! yeah. I love that he's actually physically harmed. I think it's it's a good detail and a good moment for Saruman to kind of remember a little bit of humility of like... right. You are not all powerful. All powerful, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love that. And he looks scared. 
you see a little doubt creep moment. into his mind like yeah. you you might not this might not be easy for you they're going to put up a fight and uh they have <laughs> yeah, a chance you, you haven't won you might think you have but it, it's not quite done yet right <laughs> but i i love how again peter jackson does this so well uh this is kind of parallel with like the boromir moment you know gandalf helps king uh reardon come back mm-hmm. he's got rejuvenated life and he was a viewer you know i was like all right Sir, like the resurgence of man here we go mm-hmm. and like the first thing the king does is make a stupid fucking decision to be selfish <laughs> and he's still like and you're this isn't the influence from worn tongue or the yeah. influence from like whatever he means well right it's what he's comfortable with because it's what he knows yeah but it's such a bad decision mm-hmm. granted visually we get a cool fight. <laughs> yeah. What? Bad decision. <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> like, when, the whole thing of uh, the orc army like ripping through villages on their way mm-hmm. to Rohan. That's intense. The mom giving up her two kids yeah. and then right away and you don't know what's happened to her until later on. Thank God. Um <laughs> <laughs> like I was, yeah. when I watched it again last week, I was like, "Oh shit, I can't remember if he was there or not." And yeah. this is a little bit heavy right now for me. <laughs> yeah, please be there. Please be there. Like, please let my memory serve me right. And she is in the castle. <laughs> she is okay. Okay, we're good. We're good, folks. <laughs> oh shit, they're giving everyone a sword and a helmet. No, her son is of age. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, even the children, none of it fits. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, because that is the whole prep for Helm's Deep is nuts. It's um, massive and emotional, and everything you said is totally true. But in hindsight, through the whole scope of Two Towers, and Return of the King, for that matter, the the actual like death toll is very low of people yeah. you care about. No, like, yeah, there's it a is couple very people low. that die, but they're kind of like third tier people. Yeah. Nobody else in the Fellowship dies. But they it's... fake you out a lot. They it's... fake out Oregon's Aragorn's death. They fake out Gollum's death. They fake out like all this stuff, but then it always come back. I think. Um... There are a lot of fake outs, but I think what makes that battle at Helm's Deep so emotional, because mm-hmm. I mean, the, it, there are moments in that battle scene that you were like, this is helpless. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do? There is no getting out of this. You are mm-hmm. screwed. And I think that's where the emotion comes from is because Aragorn being the badass he is, is <laughs> constantly during that whole fight. He's constantly like, no this is yeah we have a consequence that we're dealing with in real time right get your shit together we have to do this it's such a perfect flow of his like hero's journey where we talked about in fellowship where he chooses to be the leader because he has to in two towers he is kind of taking the next step in that mantle of a leader where he's like directing the battle he's solving all these mm-hmm. problems he's like oh we can't do that we need to go here we need to jump on this bridge we need to ride out we need to do all this stuff uh he's making those decisions and helping yeah. the king 
like make decisions because the king is kind of slow to well, he's the starting to, I think the king is like unraveling and it makes sense. Yeah. Because he finally gets his life back <laughs> and like literally the first thing At out the of the worst gate time. is like, oh, by the way, you're about to be slaughtered. Yeah. So he makes a horrible decision, but I get it. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just trying to be like, at no point have I gotten a chance to get my footing mm-hmm. on anything that's going on. Yeah. And he never does. He never gets a chance to just like breathe right. for a minute. Right. Which gives kind of Aragorn the opportunity. He obviously is trying to be respectful, trying to be humble, not trying to overstep his bounds. But he is also like, there's a vacuum or an opportunity yeah. for him to be like, I know what we should do. If I were the king, this is what we would do. And it's like leading him to the return of the king, like for him to be the king and actually follow through on that. Dude. It's building, I guess, his confidence. There's a, yeah. Oh, I love, I love Aragorn's uh, arc Mm -hmm. through this movie. By the way, I don't think anyone, even if you hadn't read the books, no one believed that they were going to kill Aragorn. Yeah, in a battle with a few like measly wargs yeah. and orcs, they're not going to kill Aragorn. Any especially time you see somebody fall him. into a river, they're fine. They're fine. They're always going to come back. They might be a little winded. Yeah, they're they're okay. Don't worry about it, folks. <laughs> um. <laughs> but that whole arc kind of lets you. There's like kind of a an aside, like it takes you to the side yeah. and lets you go back to. Obviously, it impacts Eowyn. She's sad, and they're like, "Oh, we could have like a romance if, and I'm maybe a better match for you because I'm a human being and not an immortal right. elf whose dad doesn't want you to be with his daughter." But, but she's kind of given get, up like her immortality to be with you. But she's yeah. like, you've got like this huge, beautiful romance between Arwen and Aragorn, <laughs> and and they should be together, like if everything aligned well. But yeah. you don't know if it will, and so that whole like stuff that happens while he's quote unquote dead. Well, uh, I also think it's good. uh I think it's a great moment for Gimli and Legolas to kind of they make that choice of like mm. we have to carry on what Aragorn. Yeah, like wanted us to keep doing. We, now we, we don't have a leader. We have to step up. Yeah, yeah. Now we're stepping up. I love Legolas and Gimli. Their like little <laughs> banter is yeah. so much fun. Romance. And what's funny, I had to laugh at myself for this because I was like, this kind of humor mm-hmm. usually kind of bothers me. Yeah, in a movie, but there's there's something different about it, and I think it's because they start off as such like vile enemies. Yeah. And they have just kind of grown from like tolerating each other with the same goal <laughs> yeah. to like a little bit of respect, like a little okay, bit of respect, a little bit of yourself. okay. You actually see them develop like a relationship, like this friendship actually deepen. Yeah. And I I just love that dynamic between the two of them. And it's fun. And yeah, they get real silly. The whole idea of them counting kills yeah. is like I mean, that's straight from the book. And it's funny in the book. Mm-hmm. And it was great to see it in the movies where you're like, it's so silly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of dumb, but it works. And it makes yeah. sense for these two characters to be like that mm-hmm. because they've got like war in their blood. Right. It's just, they know what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they've just kind of like, it's taking is- the bitterness of 
elves hating dwarves and thinking yeah. that they're inferior to each other to being like I am better than you, but in a fun, friendly way. Right. It, <laughs> I, I just, I really actually like that. Granted, if I had one complaint out of the Lord of the Rings. Here it is. I don't think it was necessary for Legolas to surf <laughs> a staircase. Okay. Or an I'm, elephant trunk. But I'm glad you brought this up. I don't hate the staircase surf that much. The scene I hate the most, which is a CG, bad CGI primarily, is when there's those dog scouts coming at them and Legolas is firing arrows at long range. And Are you talking when he they like ride grabs up with the, the horses? Horse? Yeah. Yes. And he swings himself the opposite way that you would, that physics work. It just looks terrible. I hate it every time. It I looks see weird. It. it looks weird. I will give you that. It looks <laughs> the, weird. The surfing down the stairs at least doesn't look that bad. No. It's but it, one it of just those, seems, like, look how cool I am kind of thing, yeah, which it, takes you out of it. To me, him surfing down the stairs and surfing on the elephant's trunk, mm -hmm. um, <coughs> to me, is kind of a like the studio, and I'm probably super wrong. This was probably 100% Peter <laughs> Jackson. But to me, it's like a studio being like, well, you need something... Like mm -hmm. Poppy right here. Yeah. You're having a lot of orcs get their heads chopped off. You have a lot of men and elves getting shot mm -hmm. to death or brutalized to death. Uh, you need something, something fun and silly exciting. And, yeah, you need something Poppy. Yeah, That's what it strikes me as. And I'm like, oh, you don't need it. You just mm -hmm. don't need it. But teach them. Yeah. I don't hate it. I just like, it's that one part where I'm like, eh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unnecessary. <laughs> Unnecessary. Like he's an elf. He can gracefully jump down yeah. that side and be just fine. Yeah. But, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> Frodo and Sam. So we... Yeah. Actually, should we get into Frodo's hammer? Should we do Merry and Pippin first? Let's do Merry yeah, and Pippin. I don't care. Merry and Pippin? Yeah. Merry and Pippin with Treebeard is so awesome. I brought it up earlier where Treebeard is literally telling... Mary and Pippin and the audience like patience is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Just, just don't be hasty. You don't have to rush everything. Um, and I love Mary and Pippin. Are like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah. like the whole world is about to burn. Mm -hmm. Everything is bad. We need to do something. And you guys are incredibly powerful, incredibly magical. I just, I love seeing the ants. I get happy every time yeah. Treebeard shows up. I just. There's so much talk about themes. Like there's so much in those conversations that they have <laughs> right. that are so powerful. And they when Mary and Pippin are trying to get him, like, this is serious, hurry up. And they're like, You're a part of this world. Don't you care what side are you on? All this stuff. And they're like, Yeah, we're in the world, but nobody's really on our side. So we're just yeah. kind of hanging out in the forest. And the whole arc where they like get them to realize the severity of the situation. Like they don't care until they realize that something they care about was like, taken away. I yeah, love, I'm affected. with you on that. I love that whole uh, theme of like, cause there's a lot of people who claim this mm -hmm. doesn't affect me. Why should I give a shit? I don't mm -hmm. care. I don't like whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe in, this vicinity mm -hmm. you don't see the effect 
but yeah, when Treebeard is walking Mary and Pippin south, mm-hmm. and he realizes like, oh, <laughs> like my friends, yeah, have been I've murdered. Like they're known dead. these trees for thousands of years, and right. now they're gone. And you real like you realize they're only going to keep taking away. Like this yeah. is eventually <laughs> this reaches. You. This is the beginning. Yes. Yeah. I love that theme, and I think it's a very important thing that I, I wish more people could see. You said earlier a lot of people claim Two Towers to be their favorite. Mm-hmm. I've actually always been under the impression of the opposite, where Two Towers is everyone's like least favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I'm like, but Two Towers has like so mm-hmm. many important things for yeah. us to kind of focus on in the real world, mm-hmm. and Treebeard and the Ents is one of them. With that of like, oh shit, this yeah. evil does actually have an effect on everyone. By the way, I get chills every time Treebeard is like, something that hasn't happened in a millennia is about to happen. He's like, <laughs> what? He's like, the Ents will march one last time. And you're like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited I get to see it. Dude, I love Treebeard and the Ents. I love that whole, I love their conversations. I love the significance the idea of like that kind of metaphor of you might not see how Mm -hmm. this evil or this horrible thing in the world will directly affect you but eventually it's gonna make its way to you and by that time you might not have any preparation or yeah it, it might just kill you um i i really respect that and i think it's an important one for all of us to take after yeah but I, lo- Dude, I love Mary and Pippin. I love their whole, like, when they're falling asleep to his tales, and they're like, I also take a lot from Treebeard and everyone. Uh, whenever I watch that whole sequence, I get, like, it's kind of comical, where they're like, we decided mm-hmm. you are not orcs. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny, but to me, I always think of, like, how much wisdom would that kind of creature or that kind of character being mm-hmm. person like you could probably take a lot from that yeah. um because they've been around for thousands of years they've seen a lot right it got me thinking of like when you're in a conversation with like an old guy or something and they're telling <laughs> you a like life story from back in the day yeah. and you as a younger one are like uh i don't care right but you should probably give a little bit of a shit. You probably, that's yeah. what that whole thing like reminds me of. Or you want them to get to the good stuff, and they're like telling <laughs> you like a silly little anecdote, and, yeah. And you're like, I I don't care about this at all. Like, <laughs> why did it take you so long to decide I'm not an orc? Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I I always think of that stuff. There's a lot of very like recalibrating. Yeah, that I do when I watch Two Towers. Um, and then there's Frodo and Sam. Yeah. And Gollum. Yeah. Seeing Gollum <sighs> kind of in his stark glory yeah. in this movie and his whole character kind of coming out and both sides seeing the duality the, of him is so like, yeah. Oh, man. And how he's like, he's darts to suppress the Gollum side and elevate the Smeagol side. And it kind of like goes away. Like the, he, he's mm-hmm. becoming, 
because Sam and or not Sam, but because Frodo is able to see the good in him, it kind of helps him be his best self until Frodo betrays him and right. tricks him into getting captured by uh, the Gondor Gondor Gondorians. Gond- <laughs> the Gondorians, Gond- the, the Gondor army, Faramir <laughs> yeah. and company. And then that's when Gollum comes yeah. back out and he's like, "Yeah, we can't trust anybody. Well, Fuck them." That whole thing's so interesting to me. Well, I love it, obviously. But what's interesting to me about that whole sequence of events, like Gollum slash Smeagol, mm-hmm. I mean, they argue like the entire movie yeah. with each other. But Frodo, you brought it up earlier where you were talking about Frodo is so like, I have to have faith that Gollum can be redeemed or Smeagol mm-hmm. can be redeemed. And I love that Frodo right. even re- like refuses to call him Gollum. Yeah. He, he refers to him as Smeagol. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's actually like super admirable. Yeah. Like to me, it, it's almost like someone taking a stance against like bullying. Right. Everyone else is going to, I won't do it. Like, I yeah. think that's such a cool thing. Um, so I'll give Frodo some credit there. Uh, Sam is still the hero, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the one critique I would have of Sam is it kind of takes him a little too long to realize what, Frodo is doing like yes he's like no Frodo he sucks like why are you why are you being nice to him like let's just but I think that's I think that's important for Sam to like take a long time because it 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 makes him or uh it it means that he's got fault yeah he is like he's not a perfect if he was perfect it would not be as good that's right so he has to have a fault and I I really like that his fault is he cares so much for Frodo as his mm-hmm. best friend, basically like family mm-hmm. um, that he's so protective of him mm-hmm. and protective of this mission that he sees everything as a threat. Unless you were a part of the fellowship, right. you're a threat. And in the end, he's not wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out Sam was kind of correct. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you. I think had Sam been able to, warm up yeah. to Smeagol. I think maybe maybe Smeagol may have never taken him mm-hmm. to get eaten by uh, the giant spider. Or uh, even if Frodo had told him, hey, I need to believe that there's right. goodness in him and that he could come back from this because his fate is my fate and I don't want to yeah, be ti- a monster like, forever. Frodo is literally on the same like yeah. If he if Frodo said that, Sam would be like, "Oh yeah, okay, I totally get. I, get I want it. you I get to it. do that as well, so I'm on board." And they give you like quick little blips where you're like, "Oh, could Sam and and Smeagol like start to get along? Could they start having like some friendly yeah. banter? You know, with the stew and the rabbits, potatoes, everyone's, everyone's favorite potatoes moment. <laughs> um, you get that like, oh, could they? Could mm. Sam maybe warm up to him?" No, no. <laughs> Sam's never going to warm up to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> if, if anything, Sam gets angrier and mm. more like distrustful of him. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love their whole journey. And I, when they get captured by Faramir, like that's another moment that's intense for me. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. they have got to get the fuck out of there. 
Like, Faramir's right. going, no, I'm going to take the ring to my dad to win my dad's favor. And you're like, no, don't yeah. do it. Your dad is like, bad. We just went through this with Boromir. <laughs> right, like, please don't follow the mistakes. Sam calling Faramir out and yeah. using Boromir as the example is such a, like, ooh, yeah. that's a heavy, that's heavy. Yeah. Like Especially because you... you saw, as the audience, we just saw... Faramir as the younger brother uh, to yeah. Boromir, and Boromir obviously has the favor of the father, and Faramir definitely doesn't. He's kind of shit on by the dad. And so for him to be like, to be told, hey, your brother was flawed, and he tried to take the ring from Frodo, and he died because of it, then Faramir's kind of like, hey, you know what? Maybe if I didn't take it, then I could be better and okay. That definitely Faramir has tide. some interesting, like conflicting moments. Yeah, um, I've always thought in book and in the movie, uh, I've always thought like I would be very curious to see more of a Faramir. Like, obviously not a standalone, but his yeah. story to me, and because they they allow you to embellish a lot in your own mind about right. what he's been through in childhood. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine it is probably like the most abusive, yeah, horrible, hundred percent. I like it's got to be just so bad. Mm -hmm. But knowing where he goes to, I like I've always wanted to see him kind of find better peace. Like they hint that he has peace afterwards, but you're like, yeah, I kind of if there was a character ever to like <laughs> confirm. They're okay. Yeah. Faramir might be that character to confirm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, and can benefit the most from the lessons learned throughout know, the story. Right, right. Like, it's okay, Faramir. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that whole, like, my anxiety starts spiking during that whole sequence when Frodo gets captured. Yeah. Um, the Nazgul showing back up. Yeah. I'm like... Oh. Flying on that Dude, terrible... that shot is so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, over so... over the ruined city, and it's just... Uh, it's like... Unbelievably <laughs> it's, good. It's doom, and it's such a good shot. Yeah. When you thought that they were, like, gone, like the, the ring wraiths and stuff were defeated at that <laughs> overlook... Right, you're like, fuck, it's you're here because like, no, it flies over the marsh. And bigger and worse than it, ever. It, yeah, and you're like, God. Yeah, over the marsh is just like, and the shrieking, and it's yeah. And then Frodo feels that like pain. Well, yeah, from he's the got stab, like that, and that's poison. your as the audience, you realize like, oh, he's healed, but like, there's it lingers. Yeah, like maybe some wounds don't completely heal. Right. Or take longer to heal, Even, which is kind of an intense and brutally honest mm -hmm. uh, thing. Yeah, like the emotional lesson. and psychological scars like, are still there. Some some wounds just never fully heal, and I'm I'm like that's a that's a brutal truth. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people try to ignore or deny but it's kind of a true thing yeah 100%. but anyways um see it's that moment in the ruined city where sam's talking to frodo and frodo is like 
the ring's really kind of taking a hold of him. He's like all gross looking now, or starting to look real gross looking. Yeah. He's tired. He's exhausted. Smeagol's right there, who is now Gollum again. Mm-hmm. And you got Faramir, who's like listening in the distance. He's kind of trying to figure out, like, you can tell there's a battle mm-hmm. in him. Yeah. Like, I know what I need to do. Yeah. On both sides of this fence. Like, if I right. if I take the ring, I get favor with my dad, maybe. And that's I'll... kind of the easier path. So right. I could just give this to my dad, and then I'm gold. gold. And then, right. But it's not a guarantee that the dad would actually respect him or True. love him. And I think that's a big, like, uh, kind of battle inside of him. Yeah. Like any validation he would get from his dad won't be genuine. It won't be real. It won't be based out of It'll any be sincerity. Yes. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I think everyone has intuition. So you, you gotta know Faramir's intuition is telling him like, you have to let these guys go. Yeah. Like there's something bigger here. <laughs> um, but fucking Sam, <sighs> his goddamn speech. Mm hmm. Jake, we've yeah. seen tons of war movies. We've seen tons <laughs> of heroic films. Mm-hmm. Is there a more relevant, more important, more <laughs> like just humbling, heartbreaking, hope-inducing, mm-hmm. whatever speech? Not even a full speech. It's like four sentences. Yeah. Then Sam's little blip to Frodo about like there's hope in the world and it's worth fight or there's still good in this world and it's yeah. worth fighting for like fuck Sam <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the best and it's exactly what Frodo needs at that time in order yeah. to keep going which is what Sam's so perfect at of just cheering them on you can do it we can get there right the cheerleader in the corner I have more to say on that later, folks. But that, every time uh, when I watch these movies, and I know it's fucking coming, and there's like, there's been times, dude, where I'm like watching Two Towers, (laughs) and I know the scene's coming up. Uh And, you know, Frodo and Sam have their freak out. And I'm like, get up. Like, just don't watch the TV. Like, go get something to drink. Go get a snack. This Uh would be a good time to make a bag of popcorn. And I do that all as a defense mechanism because every time I watch this goddamn movie, mm-hmm. Sam opens up his mouth and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn you, Sam. <laughs> it is really, really good. And it's it so it, relevant to like it hits everything. Hard every time. And it did the first time I watched it. And as I get older, it's just every time I'm like, okay. Because I, I, especially, and here's where the show gets a little real. (laughs) Uh, I've always considered myself, and Jake, you've heard me say this, uh, like a recovering pessimist. So Mm. I have gone through times where I have like zero hope in the world, burn it all. And then you hear Sam say that. And it's so like, shit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, all you got to do is just shift your perspective or at least find something to have hope in. And that's what you hold on to. And it's like, to me, it's like, that's a very uh, amazing tool 
for not just myself, but I think everybody to, to yeah. use and have of just like, you need to find that piece of good in the world. And mm -hmm. our world is pretty messed up and has been for a long time, even before these movies came out, but it's yeah. real bad now. Uh, there's gotta be something real to hold on to and have hope and not something superficial. Um, you know, not social media bullshit or all this influence for crap, but like something right. real, something human. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think that's where two towers, I said it earlier, just really stands apart because it's the movie that really hammers it home of like shit sucks. Yeah. And only we're going to be the ones to make it better. And so the two towers just like, oh, and it's all because Sam has that like four pieces of dialogue. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the one of the whole themes of the whole series. Yeah. Is that there is this unbelievably evil, unstoppable force that was going to enslave the entire world. And the world is full of a bunch of people not doing anything about it. And there's nine people that decide to do something and they each contribute in their own little ways as much as they can to varying degrees. And that's all it takes. It's right. just uh, you deciding to do your best. And it, it's not, it's not easy at no. no point. Is it ever easy at no, no point? Does it like the easy thing is break? to do what everybody else is doing, which is to stay yeah. home, tend your crops and wait for the darkness to fall around you. Right. And and basically live in a denial. Yes. Like Treebeard and the Ents. Right. Live in denial. Well, it's not our fight. It's not our place. Mm -hmm. It's not hitting me. Like, no, it is. It mm -hmm. really is, guys. Like, not to get preachy on you folks. Maybe <laughs> a little. Um, yeah, it's Two Towers. Like, when, when Two Towers concludes... You know, Helm's Deep. I, I love the surge of Gandalf's return with the, yeah. the writers of Rohan. That whole them riding down that mountainside. Whew. It's That's timed so well because you you know that that he says he will be back and to look yeah. and at, at the exact time on the exact day. But you as so much has happened and so much has gone wrong and you kind of just forget like And you're so no tired about like you're exhausted. Yeah. You feel defeated. Helm's mm -hmm. Deep is it's, it's kind of a rough one. Yeah, the body count for primary characters is low. Right. But you feel defeated. Yeah. I mean, the last plan of action from Aragorn is like we're going to die. Yeah. Let's just have a glorious death and ride out <laughs> yeah, and, and right kill out as many as we me. can. Um, yeah, Gandalf and the riders. Them coming down that mountainside and then you get like the light that comes yeah. down. I mean, is there a more <laughs> non-subtle metaphor? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's perfect. Uh, the light kind of defeats the darkness. It's such a like the orcs are all ah, and then they get blinded <laughs> by the light and lose the battle. Yeah. That's not even a metaphor, folks. They're literally telling <laughs> you like the good will it. The good has to prevail. Right. Uh, and yeah. it it's just like it's going to happen like it's as yeah. as, as the sun is going to rise <laughs> right. the good is going to prevail have, have you found yourself in the last like two weeks after watching all these movies <laughs> uh 
if you found yourself in moments of kind of talking or like phrasing things kind of like they might do in yeah. middle earth where you're like, Oh, I said that weird, but it made sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that there's something about the phrasing and the writing and everything that it just, it, it just hits home in such a good way <laughs> that you want to do it with everything. <laughs> if only I was as wise as Gandalf. Yeah. Um, I love how, unlike the ending of Fellowship, where it leaves you with a sense of kind of foreboding, but like mm -hmm. there's hope. Two Towers ends on a note of Gollum literally being like, mm -hmm. so we're going to kill him in the cave. We'll let her eat him. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the plan. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can't like, be good. Yeah, you're just like, oh, <laughs> like, damn it, damn it. Yeah. Return of the King. I really love how, like, Gollum is teased as, like, his in his internal dialogue, he has dropped hints about his history, yeah. and especially when he says that he calls himself a murderer. And so the way that Return of the King opens with actual like Smeagol and murdering that guy for right. the ring. You're like, you see it coming, but it all just like connects. One, it, it connects. I love that they did that. I thought that was a smart choice because like Smeagol, you love and hate Smeagol all at the same time. Right. He's, you know, he's a bad, obviously guy. bad, but also kind of cute and playful at times. And he's, and, and you kind of wanting that, you want to see him like come back. You want to see do. him uh, like help Frodo and be the hero, kind of. Yeah. Um, I love seeing that, and I love how quick he's taken over by the ring. I yeah. thought that was a real. I get like he may have done that for time <laughs> because the movie already is three hours long, but mm -hmm. uh, I liked it because Smeagol is so naive. Yeah, and it's almost like the the evil use that against him. Right, it's easier to take hold of him. Yeah, I, I really like how quick he falls for it, and I love the sequence of him like rotting and mm -hmm. turning into Gollum. I thought that was great. I really love that. <laughs> and then we get back into it, folks, and you return the king. Um. That movie came out at an interesting time for me. Uh, one of my best friends in high school was like on the verge of being kicked out and like being sent somewhere else. So I was like freaking out that I was losing him, but I had other really good friends, but I, like it was a weird moment for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember being stoked for return. And trying to play it off like, oh, cool fantasy story. But really being like, I fucking love this story. <laughs> so, like, I'm trying not to super, like, nerd out. But I'm yeah. really nerding out. Um, and I remember we got tickets. And I remember being in line. And I remember my buddy, who actually, one of my all-time best friends, uh, John. Long-time listener. What up, John? John? We know John. Mm -hmm. Um I remember we sat down in the theater and John looked at me and goes, I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> this one's going to be rough. 
And I was like, what? And he goes, just, I can't tell you why. Because John had seen it before me. Okay. And he was like, I can't tell you why. But this one's going to be a rough one. I was like, <laughs> whatever. And then he was like, oh, and by the way, don't get up right away when it ends. Because it's not the actual ending. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, John wasn't kidding. Yeah. Uh, Return of the King hit me like I could never have been prepared for. Right. I was so taken aback by that movie and the finale of it like wrecked the shit out of me to this day. <laughs> it's another sequence. Like the last 40 minutes of Return of the King, I'm constantly like, you should just turn off. Like the <laughs> moment. Frodo and Sam are struggling to walk up Mount Doom. Like, yeah, you should just turn it off. You know what happens. You don't <laughs> need to watch it. Just turn it off. You don't. You don't need to. And then Sam it's gonna rocks, be and you're like, God damn it, Sam. <laughs> but we'll get there. Uh, yeah, Return of the King is a masterpiece. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the highest rated of all of them. Obviously, has the largest box office of all of them. I feel like I. Feel like there's there's so much they try to fit in and the effects specifically are just not there yet as I, far I as timing and I so i i take a i'm taking a little bit out of it so i drop it down a little bit below the other mm -hmm. two overall uh but it's still a perfect trilogy like <laughs> then like right. like you said before the story and the investment that you've made into yeah. these people and how it pays off you'll forgive a lot in order to actually see that come you through. You do. And and the story's perfect. And it, it it hits on so many moments that are like, yep, this mm -hmm. is how it needs to go. You know, you have Mary and Pippin being separated because Pippin's been like exposed uh by that I forget the name of the the orb, but the the yeah. Iosaurons and the Plus, orb and, yeah, the and one that Pippin's Saruman been exposed. Had. Dude it's so fast and you don't even get time to really like process it. But Mary and Pippin being separated. Yeah. And Pippin being like, I'm going to see you again. Right, Mary. And Mary's like, I don't know. And mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. You're like, wait, <laughs> everyone gets <laughs> a goodbye. Why didn't they get a goodbye? <laughs> yeah. I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> this is not, but I, what I love about return of the King you already said it earlier with two towers was like, it starts right where the other one finished mm -hmm. and return of the King. You get that Smeagol backstory, but then you are instantly reminded the war for middle earth is here. Yeah. Like the only preparation left is just trying to get everyone on the same page to fight <laughs> this enemy. Right. And it turns out everyone is still not on the <laughs> same page. Yeah. Yeah. They've got old bitternesses and rivalries and Gondor and Ro Rohan are sucking it up. And... Are just like, and everyone is like, I love how the remaining people of the fellowship are just like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, this needs to happen. We got to do this and we got to like, Son of a bitch. Uh, I, I would say... Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin with when like the emotional shit really just starts flowing in <laughs> with Return. Because it, it happens quick. You know, I whether it's Merry and Pippin mm -hmm. or what... You know, Faramir loses the city 
because he gets overrun with his army and you know immediately like not only did he lose the city but mm-hmm. they just got done telling you as the audience like if that goes down we're screwed yeah oh it went down <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got the bitterness you got like aragorn being flat out told you have to be king like right because yeah it's the only way this ends it's the only way we get gondor on board it's the only way that yeah like we need like the king's power and and birthright and all this stuff and uh and her dad having their discussion where she's like telling him like i'm choosing love and you know he had told her already like there's only death in your future yeah, and she has the vision of a child. So you like, didn't tell me there was a baby in my. Future. I know, and immediately, like that's a that was a scene I was thinking of when you were like, <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. I was like, oh man, I wonder if like seeing the kid and having yeah. that, seeing her like with a vision of like running up, and he's like older and like a dad. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, <"Aw." laughs> that's cute. Christy, yeah. look away. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm that cool when I'm like old and that long <laughs> right, hair. like. Oh, I miss the days when your kid was excited to uh, like hug you. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, that kid was not a teenager. That was like no, no, it was not. But Return of the King, I think the reason it resonates with audiences the highest um, and the most is just because it, it's not only the final piece and it, it's so beautifully done, mm-hmm. even with a little bit of sketchy uh, special effects now and again. Um, but it's also the one that just drives home every lesson mm-hmm. and it, it no longer tries to like even hide anything. It flat out is telling you exactly what you need to hear, yeah. whether you want to hear it or not. I mean, that's the whole point of like return of the King is like, mm-hmm. there's no more beating around the bush. Right. We've been telling you for two movies where we're going, where we need yeah. to go. Now we're here. Now What's we're here happen? and you need to listen to us. You need to understand there's, there's a lot going on. Um, and, and of course the last 40 minutes are just like, Oh mm-hmm. my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get to like that, I mean, Frodo going through the cave by himself, like Sam being exiled by Frodo. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that is probably the main turning point where everybody that wanted to have hope for Frodo was like, no, you're wrong. You deserve whatever happens to you. (laughs) Right. We were on Sam's side. Yeah, like suddenly everyone turns their back on Frodo. Maybe that's why so many people are like, I mean, Frodo's all right. Yeah. But you also have to... He's manipulated so well. It's just like right. when Wormtongue was manipulating uh, the king. Yeah. Saruman manipulated. You know, Frodo's being manipulated heavily, not just by the ring, but by Gollum. Yeah, Gollum's sure. been in his ear and like <laughs> kind of using Frodo's kindness towards Smeagol mm-hmm. as a weapon against Frodo. For sure. And that's kind of rough to see. And using it to divide him and Sam from each other to be Mm -hmm. like planning like the crumbs and all this stuff. It's like, oh no, Sam is actually not your friend. He's actually not. He also wants the ring. And so all planting all these little seeds. When he says that, 
after Gollum tells him like he's gonna ask to take it, mm-hmm. and you're like probably, but not in the scent. Like Frodo, <laughs> yeah. don't listen to him. And when not Sam like tells that. him like I can carry that for you for mm-hmm. a little bit, like just a he's literally coming at it from a sense of like. It's practical. Just, yeah, it's practical. It's like, what if we both do half and half? And then, <laughs> right. yeah. Like, you need to have a breather. That ring is super bad for you. I love the shot yeah. when Sam sees the back of his neck because he's been wearing it on the chain. Yeah. And his neck is like scarred. Uh, yeah. Raw, gross looking. You're like, the weight of that thing is actually mm-hmm. so bad. And I love that Sam has so much sincerity. Sam's like the only one that the ring just cannot like get to. Well, he also is thinking of it from a perspective of not really understanding how the ring works. Like, right. He's like, oh, there's this problem. Maybe if we share the load, then it'll be easier on us. That's not really how the ring works. Like he's not able to, he's not actually able to give it up to you yeah, right. and share it with you. He <laughs> refuses to share it with you. And he can't. Poor Sam. He's got so much heart to it. Yeah. And Frodo telling him to go home. You're like, one, no. Sam (laughs) is your only hope. Right. And two, I would not want to walk (laughs) up or down that hidden staircase. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, that thing is sketchy as crap. Fucking crazy. That shot of Sam's feet. Going down, and he's like quickly going down every time. I'm like, yeah, and then he slips, and you're like, oh dear God, don't, don't do it, don't do it. (laughs) I have like ever since I was a kid in like baseball stadiums or football stadiums or whatever, going down the stadium steps, I just have this like it's almost like vertigo, it's just like this vision of like this dread of just going down. down. Yeah, it's like there's just this gravity, and I could go down immediately. This is like that times a thousand on those (laughs) steps, that it's literally like that. Lord of the Rings, all three movies, uh, if you have a fear of heights, if you had a phobia of like, or had like vertigo, if you had any of this stuff, claustrophobia, spiders, spiders, These movies probably fucked a lot of people up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially especially when you saw it in a theater screen where, like, they do an overshot of the Kingdom of Gondor and you're mm-hmm. like, holy God, the thing yeah. is huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, the spider. I'm not afraid of spiders. Arachnophobia <laughs> is one of the funniest movies I've seen. Like, it's so cheese, but it's fun. Spiders yeah. have never bothered me. This spider is really well done. It gets a little intense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's everything about it from all of its little parts moving independently and stabbing Frodo and then yeah. grabbing him and spinning him into a web. I'm like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> it's a, like the sounds. It's so yeah. gross. You can hear like the wet stickiness from all the webbing that's inside yeah. the cave. And or he's even so helpless him. while it's he's... happening to him. And okay. it's like sleep paralysis. Like he gets out of the cave. And again, they do. Jackson did one of my favorite like tricks in film. He's done it before previously where he like cuts out music. He cuts out a lot of sound minus a couple. Mm hmm. And yeah, Frodo's walking around like it's quiet. 
and you see the spider quietly come out of the cave and just like walking around. The first time you saw that stinger come out, <laughs> I think everyone unanimously across the world were like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> like, you ever see those videos of cats saying no? <laughs> that yeah. was like the globe when that stinger came out. And it happens yeah. so quick when it, it gets Frodo. And at this point, I mean, we've seen Frodo get stabbed a couple times. Oh, man, we forgot to even mention when he gets stabbed by the cave troll in Fellowship. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Boy, he's wearing armor. Good, he's really he's got that, yeah. But it's yeah. still a good scene. Yeah. But we've seen Frodo get stabbed. So he gets stabbed here. And you have that quick moment of like, he's fine. <laughs> but then he gets wrapped. He yeah. gets dropped and left like there. Sam shows up. Good old Sam. Good old Sam. Is it isn't it awesome seeing Sam holding the light yeah. and sting and trying yeah. to be all like Frodo sword? Yeah, I love it. Love it. <laughs> but he's even Sam badass, has that though. moment where he's he'll like, like he fights when he fights the spider with the sword. He's a badass, and then when he fights the orcs and he's got like double swords, he's just fucking dudes up i'm like yeah sam get some like sam has had it folks yeah. sam is so pissed off at this <laughs> point it's like but i just like, want to get to freaking mortar i know we're just trying to save the goddamn world <laughs> to, but like even sam has that moment when he sees frodo and he's like oh no and even he believes frodo's dead that's a moment where i think a lot of audiences were like oh shit yeah like if sam just confirmed frodo's gone <laughs> this story just got way too dark how mm. are we gonna finish this the ring is like oh no luckily it's pretty quick it's like aragorn's fall right <laughs> the orcs are up like no nah, he ain't dead <laughs> <laughs> right yes peter jackson see this is a shot that's very peter jackson-y to me because it's so weird Every time I watch it, I'm like, such an odd shot, but it works. It's that zoom in when Frodo is in the, the tower mm -hmm. and he's laying down and the camera zooms through like the slit. Yeah. And he like grows in size as the camera. It's such a weird shot. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Zack Snyder shot, like an impossible zoom. Yeah. It's such a weird shot. Yeah. But it, it works. <laughs> that whole orc fight cracks me up every time. When they're like fighting over who gets what. <laughs> yeah, all of his trinkets. <laughs> all of his trinkets. <laughs> and the ring's gone. Now, I had read the books. And even I had that moment of like, oh, fuck. Where's right. the ring? <laughs> the one thing we should be caring about. <laughs> Some of a bitch. The bitch. <sighs> Good old Sam. See, that's the moment, though, where, like, so Sam has that moment. I saw a couple things when I was, like, reading people, like, what yeah. people talked about with the movie. Um, When Sam gives him the ring back, and this is why I said what I said earlier, where Sam is, like, the ring just can't get to Sam. Yeah. Um. So there, I saw a quick blip where someone said, like, when Frodo reaches for it, and Sam pulls it back and looks at it. Mm -hmm. Some people took that as like, oh, the ring's taken Sam. Mm -hmm. That may have been the intention. I take it as Sam is like having that thought of like, 
do I give this back to Frodo? Because I've <laughs> yeah. seen what it did to him. Yeah. Like, Are you actually able to do this better than I am? Yeah, it's almost like, I don't want to say doubt in Frodo. Yeah. But m- to me, maybe more of a like, I think I have Is to this what's him. best? Yeah. yeah. But I do like that Sam hands it back because Sam does have that understanding of like, this is Frodo's. Yeah. Like, it's his responsibility. He kind of needs it in yeah. several ways. Dude, them going into Mordor is like, I love seeing Mordor. I think it's one of the most evil looking places. If there was ever yeah. a metaphor for like a hell on earth, it's yeah. Mordor. It's perfectly <laughs> done that it's way. Perfect. It's perfect. And all of the like, the distances are so well done. Like you see it in the mountain in the mm-hmm. distance. You're like, you got to go all the way that way. You got to go all the way across all this jagged <laughs> I love rock. That. And... I love that shot when they're like, we're, we did it, Mr. Frodo. We're in Mordor. We're in Mordor. <laughs> and they do that, that wide shot from behind them. And Mount Doom is still like, way the fuck out there yeah. you're like oh their journey like, is so that is not over weeks yet away my <laughs> <laughs> like, god damn it oh and there's yeah. a whole army yeah for but before we get to that the fight mm-hmm. which which battle do you like more do you like the war at gondor or the helm's deep i like helm's deep better i feel like it's more organized and the stakes are clearer and the nighttime and everything and just the 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 dread of it, them coming and yeah. you having nowhere to go your backs against the wall all that stuff i i think all of that works so well i think that the return of the king fight is bigger and there's all these different people involved and there's, there's a go- lot of ghost kings involved and new armies involved and gondor's involved and some pig faced guy we've never seen before is involved. And and so there's a lot going on, which makes it very interesting, but also I think is a little bit more scattered and yeah. And it, it takes a lot of like it's cool and I like it. I just don't like it as much. I'm with you. I've always felt I love the Gondor battle. It's very exhausting as like a war scene in a movie. Yeah. You should kind of be. You should right. be tired during it. Right. Um but I've always felt that the Helm's Deep battle felt more dread. It just yeah. felt like higher stakes. For sure. And I don't know if it's just because like the rain's fallen and you can hear it hitting everyone's armor. You know, mm-hmm. the elves finally show up to do their part. And they feel uh, like alone, like they're isolated. Yeah. Then yeah, and then you do get a little bit of help from the elves, but they send like, you know, fifty elves or whatever. Right. It's not and, a ton of help. There's like ten thousand orcs against like, yeah, two thousand guys. So right, yeah, it's like the Battle of Thermopylae in three hundred. It's like right. unbelievable stakes against you. But there are elements in that Gondor battle that I love, but they do bring a lot of dread to it. I think there's so many things that they have to show in that battle, and I For think sure. that's why maybe I feel the Helm's Deep has higher stakes. Because technically it doesn't. Right. But I think it's because they were able to focus on just like one part of that yeah. battle. And whereas... it's more like specific to the people, a couple mm-hmm. of people, and it's more personal kind of. Whereas Gondor has so many things going on, like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Um, but leading up to the big like battle, Faramir. 
Yeah. And his dad being the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> and it turns out that Pippin has like the world's saddest song to sing in a hall. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want you to sing this song while I eat these this gross food in the most gross, disgusting way possible. <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, uh, let me think of a song. Oh, here's a song that will break your heart. Right. <laughs> and, and Peter Jackson's like, it's perfect because we're going to show Faramir and his dwindling army mm -hmm. get slaughtered. Well, not actually watch them get slaughtered, but you're going to understand Yeah, they don't make it. Because <laughs> Faramir's dad's a piece of shit. Right. I, like, that's such an emotional thing where Faramir is like understanding how little his dad thinks of him. Yeah. And I can't imagine, and we've talked about, I think we actually talked about this a lot in our dad episode. Like, I literally don't understand when there's parents around who care so little for their kids. Yeah. I I literally don't understand it and every time I watch Return of the King like it is infuriating. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like I I I feel like I sound like my mom when I say this, but I just want to reach through the freaking TV and <laughs> strangle him so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a nightmare, and the whole time as he's just like mistreating his son, to the point where his son is like unconscious, and he's like, "Well, my son died. I guess I'll burn him at the stake." Right. And, and Pippin's like, "No, no, no. He's not dead. He's like, no, he's definitely dead. I'm going to burn him now." And and that part pisses me off too. Like you're obviously supposed to have emotion get invoked yeah. here, but yeah. I'm like, how dare you? think so little of your child yeah and then you pretend to care for him not out of like <laughs> he's my son right. he literally has the line like this is the end of the lineage like my bloodline's over with yeah that's it's about all me. you cared about yeah like man i love when he <laughs> burns on his own like he might be the one death including all the orcs in the urukai yeah who like i and the happiest to see go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he deserves <laughs> like, it for sure. Like, fuck that guy. Now, that actor, awesome. Uh, yeah. If you want to see him in a much happier role, for he's not a piece of shit, go check out the very weird show um, Fringe hmm. from, like, way back in the day. Yeah. I shouldn't say way back in the day. It was, like, like early 2000s or something. Yeah. Cool Mid show. Weird as shit. Cool show. Um, <laughs> good actor. Good actor. Yeah, Faramir's like death. Uh -huh. That ride across the land just to get shot down. Yeah. That's such an intense scene, dude. <laughs> That's such an intense scene. And it like it gives you zero time to even kind of process it because you're immediately thrown into like what Frodo and Sam are going, and then you're immediately thrown into like the orc army has yeah. really advanced. They're here. We're gonna kill everyone. Gandalf is a badass. Who knew Obviously. that Ian McKellen could whip that freaking staff around like he does? It's yeah. awesome. I think it's a stun double, but it looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Merry and Pippin, or uh, Pippin and Gandalf, I mean. Yeah. I love their relationship in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love how he takes Pippin with him 
as like to put him in timeout. He's like, I can't yeah. trust you to not touch shit. So now you're stuck with me the whole time. <laughs> Which is such a parent thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it goes from that to Gandalf really trying to give Pippin like words of encouragement. He's really mm -hmm. trying to keep Pippin alive for as long as possible. Yeah. And again, we get a nice little Gandalf speech. I don't know why. But when Pippin, like, it, it's when they're they're stuck on, like, this little riser. And the orcs are banging on the door just next mm -hmm. to him. And, like, the Gondor army's right there. All hope is pretty much lost at this point. I mean, that yeah, army. They're inside the walls. Let's put it this way. When the orc army destroys Gondor. Yeah. And really advances. Like, that really gives you kind of a similar sense of dread, like Helm's Deep Dud. Where you're yeah. just like, what do you like? What do you do? Right. Where do you go from here? Like yeah. we've had so many like young boys, kids, old men, you know, all these men having to fight, and now they're like, they just nothing they do. Yeah. Is it's good. Working. It's yeah. nothing's working. Um, and Pippin being like scared to die, but knowing like, oh, this is. Like they're gonna burst through that door, and that's that's all she wrote. That's it. Yeah, I love Gandalf's like, I guess words of encouragement or just the way he describes some kind of afterlife. Yeah, from Middle Earth. I just I think it's such a cool scene for Gandalf under so much stress to still take that quick moment just to be like, here's some peace. peace. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And that's a that's a powerful thing. I think that's such a cool thing. Um, I think a lot of people would probably aspire to be able to be, maybe not in a moment of like death, but in a moment <laughs> of crisis. Yeah, to be that person who's able to speak peace, right? And get, and especially, give to especially as like a leader in that situation, yeah. because you're gonna that person is moments away from spiraling. Like they're going to freak out. They're going to, uh, who knows? And so if you can get them to kind of recenter, either it's going to be okay or it's yeah. not, and we're going to get through it or whatever, have that peace. And that actually will let them figure out what to do next instead of just freaking out. Yeah. I just, I mean, it's short lived, but like the way the place that Gandalf describes every time I'm like, yeah, that sounds real. <laughs> like yeah. maybe dying's not so bad that, after all. That sounds and, and Gandalf even says that where he's like, "Not so bad, huh?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like no <laughs> problem like that. Um, <laughs> I just uh, return the can like the whole battle. My my one biggest regret isn't like the weird surfing on the elephant or a little bit of the CGI. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I'm always sad how quick it actually ends when the ghost army shows up. Yeah. But I just almost totally skipped over one of the coolest moments where Eowyn and Mary. Yeah. I was going to say when they, when she cuts the neck off that thing, uh, it's a badass movie. Dude, I love, I love the whole thing with Mary in Return of the King. Yeah. Where he is suiting up. And I love everyone's discussions, and especially in the extended version, actually, there's more of their discussions about Mary going mm -hmm. to war and how they're like, don't send him that way. Like, 
Yeah. He's not going to be able to handle it. He's not going to do anything. You know, um, <laughs> he's just the dude's a tiny name. little man. Yeah. Uh, he even says like when the blood starts to flow, like he's going <laughs> to run away as he should. Yeah. Cause he doesn't need that. Like you get that kind of military mentality from him. Yeah. But I never took it as like malicious thing towards Mary. He literally is saying like, yeah. he just mentally cannot. He's a farmer who's never been around any of this. Right. Why would you expect him to be able uh, to do that? But it turns out Mary can handle quite a bit. Yeah, uh, badass. But I love Mary, his whole thing. Especially, and it, it comes from Two Towers. It's like a, a connection or a callback to Two Towers where he's like, why shouldn't I fight in this world? Like, I'm, I have just as much to lose right. as everyone around me. Yeah, it's I, like I think he, he was listening when he and Pippin told Treebeard all that stuff about. Yeah, we live in this world too. Yeah, I just, I love Mary just like suiting up, ready to fight, and actually going into battle. Yeah, and, you know when King Reardon is rallying the troops to right now, I love his his war cry. <laughs> I love that that speech. It, it's yeah. like in the same vein as like whoops like the Braveheart speech where it's yeah. like, we understand we're probably not coming out of this one. Yeah, exactly. Like this, this is probably going to be our day, mm -hmm. but let's make it a good one. I, I think it's funny. Have you ever watched it with subtitles, Jake? I don't think that I have. Do you know what he, what they all start screaming? No. As they go in? I don't. So I, out of force of habit from when my kid was an infant and I had to watch movies with subtitles so she would sleep. <laughs> um, I still do. They're screaming death. Ah. Oh, but it's cool. like, it's not like a morbid, like, chant for death. It's yeah, a yeah. very, like, it's that hero's death. Right. It's that hero, like, if we're going to go out, let's go out big. A beautiful and death. Grand and beautiful, yeah. yeah. That Valhalla thing. Yeah. I love that. I When I realized, like, that's what they were shouting, I was like, Oh, oh <laughs> man! Like, yeah. if, if I'm the enemy on the other side, and I've got this whole army who's like, "Nope, we're good if we go today." Yeah, like, not afraid. Yeah, shit. There's nothing <laughs> left for them to lose. Like, that's a frightening army to go against. Absolutely. But that battle, that battle has got some pretty cool moments, and and I love when she faces off with with Mister King Nazgul. Yeah. Yeah, and his like cockiness that that she can't no do anything. Can She's like, me. "Well, I could just cut the head off your thing right here, real quick." And, <laughs> and our man, fight's going to be short lived, sir. <laughs> yeah, going to take a sword to the face. Fuck you. Um, yeah, and the I way think, he like crumples when uh, his he like stabbed. implosion. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I the fight with the when the elephants show up. To me, every time I'm like, this is such a like. You feel so empowered, yeah. When the Rohan army shows up, and then the elephants show up, and you immediately are just like, <laughs> "Oh no, how do you do this, man?" Like, and yeah. at that point, you're exhausted, and then you get like the speech from Gandalf with with Pippin, and uh, that whole battle. Like, you just I get chills every time I watch it. There's so much to it when the battle finally does end, even though it ends really abruptly, mm -hmm. I guess it's okay that it does. Cause like the battle's been going on for a while at this point. Yeah. But when AON and the King are like saying goodbye 
Like that that's pretty heartfelt. That's pretty where he's just like he's happy to see her. He's happy to know that she's gonna be taken over. Yeah. Um and he got his kind of death. It still sucks that he's like crushed under his horse still. You're like, yeah. That's not a quick death though, sir. Yeah. Pippin finding Mary again. How right. awesome is that? Yeah. That is like one of the best parts to see them How get awesome reconnected. Is that? I just um everything like when Gondor finally comes to to terms, I love because Jackson does this like almost just bam, 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 bam. Gondor finally comes to terms, you know, men have survived, and it's like instantly Gandalf and Aragorn are like, it's not over. Yeah. This was just like, a battle in a series of right, like, battles. And I love Aragorn. I I love his like stance of well, let's go and uh, we'll be the distraction, yeah, and that will be our end. We'll take like, the fight to them and <laughs> right. and put his eye on us so that they can so hopefully that Frodo slip can in. get through. Yeah, and that that's really where like the waterworks start kicking in. Let's face <laughs> it, folks. I think this is the moment everyone starts getting that like, <laughs> yeah, because well, you you have this like anticipation every time you get closer and closer to the end yep. and you, I guess you're craving that catharsis of them actually doing it hopefully <laughs> but you still don't know if it'll happen because it's it's so tentative you know yeah well that's when uh, Aragorn and everyone decides like that's when they're going to ride to Mordor and go yeah. straight to the Black Gate that's when it cuts to Frodo and Sam with one of the most iconic lines ever uh -huh. like there's a little bit gearing up to it they fall they have a hard time sauron almost sees frodo kind of basically does see frodo yeah. <laughs> it's like but i love i i think i don't know a single person that wouldn't love this or doesn't love this but man i get i get teary-eyed every time when sam has his line <sighs> I might get Terry. I just thinking about it, but the, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a return journey. Line. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a return journey, Mister Frodo. Yeah, I don't take that as Sam like losing hope. I yeah. think Sam just has that like once we finish what we finish. Yeah, like I think it. I think it may take, take everything from us yeah. in order to finish it. Yeah, but and able to get to that point. Frodo has a hard time moving forward because the closer to Mount Doom he gets, the like Heavier obviously gets. that evil's gonna be pushing harder and harder and harder. Yeah. Yeah, he can barely stand because the ring's just so heavy around his neck. That fucking Sam. <laughs> I'll carry you. I may not be able to carry the ring, but I can carry you. Like I remember you the theater. I remember MVP. Seriously, <laughs> like I remember looking over at my mom and dad. I remember the whole theater just because I, like I said, I saw that one I think three times. Everyone just like Sam says those words, and the theater just breaks. Yeah. <laughs> like audiences are like, "All right, this is too much. This is like <laughs> this is in the vein of like Rudy or Forrest Gump style, yeah. or <laughs> like, all at once." Are you kidding me? And he literally carries Frodo up to the front of Mount Doom. Yeah. Fucking Gollum. You fucking bitch. 
<laughs> the scariest part for me is back at the Black Gate when that dude comes out. Oh, so he's like, only in the extended edition. He's okay. not in the theatrical. Well, that's the only one I watch ever, so that's yeah. why it's burned into my mind. He, he is, is creepy the, as shit, dude. They probably cut him out because they're like, this will be a hard R terrifying for children <laughs> movie if you put him in it. He is so scary in the way he's just like... <sighs> that like permanent smile that's gross looking yeah. and evil With no looking. eyes and just a gross terrifying he's mouth. like laughing and he shares lies about frodo being like tells him he's dead yeah tortured and dead i i love Almost aragorn's response to that yeah i love that aragorn just rides up to him just like hacks his head off yeah <laughs> like, well i guess negotiations are over <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the the best part i think of the whole movie is they think that frodo's dead possibly most likely it's possible uh and so they're like well we'll just finish it as best we can and have this battle here well aragorn's like the only one that doesn't believe it everyone yeah. else is like you know well we've got oh, what does he throw at him he throws the, he uh, the mithril yeah the mithril uh, at him armor yeah but i love that aragorn instantly is like i don't believe this yeah like, nope <laughs> and yeah, one of the other lines that I will never, ever, ever make it through is Aragorn rallying the troops. Mm -hmm. His speech, you know, there might be a day when men might fall, but not this day. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Buddy. And just that look as he like turns and runs out. Uh, it's so. You mean those amazing. two lines or those two words? I mean, those goddamn <laughs> two words that he says to Gandalf. Yeah. <sighs> does it make you tear up too it does every time dude <laughs> it's so like but it does for a reason not because it's just like it's so yeah, cool it is um but you you brought it up earlier the core of what lord of the rings is all about is relationships it's about yeah. friendships it's about having people in your corner even when you can't see them even when you're not with them right um and I think Aragorn and company running into, I mean, when they get surrounded, that yeah. is so like you as the audience immediately are like, you're dead. Yeah. Cause Frodo's busy fighting Gollum right now. Like he's not even <laughs> inside mountain doom yet. Like yeah, you're gonna no he's going to die in time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sam just tried carrying Frodo up to Mount doom and, I just, I, the core of the story of being the importance of relationships, friendships, especially, like it, it hits really hard for me in a, in a good way. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I've, I've been fortunate to have kind of a, a fellowship of friends for years. Yeah. So when he, like, when Aragorn has the four Frodo's line, and he charges, and Merry and Pippin are like the next two sprinting after him, and get yeah. everyone, Gandalf included, knowing full well that's probably it. Yeah. But they're doing it because, like, their friend needs an extra minute. Right. Like, it's powerful to me, and it, it's so meaningful, and it's so um, inspiring of, like, holding on to that hope. So...
Yeah. Fuck, I told you I wouldn't make it through the episode. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. It is, um, it is incredibly powerful. And that's why and, it, like, it hits me so hard every time I watch that fucking movie. God. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the best part for audiences, Chrissy told me this is her favorite part, is just when Frodo does destroy the ring and they first realize it. Like they are, they are in the middle of a battle. They believe all hope is lost. They think yeah. that this is the end, and then start to realize, "Oh wait, I think that he has done it." And that the moment that I have, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I think everyone has the same reaction. And I had to laugh because I saw Christie's post earlier today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone unanimously has that moment when they're in Mount Doom and all you want is for him to drop the goddamn <laughs> ring you come this far like you are literally on the edge all you have to do yeah is let go open so your this hand. this maneuver this yeah is, this is it the simplest he, he doesn't even have the chain like his hand's not even all he's got this yeah and sam's telling him like let go which such a great like another moment of Jackson yeah, just specific way to say let that it go multiple meanings <laughs> Frodo looking at the camera no the ring is mine <laughs> I think everyone reacted just like Sam of just <laughs> no yeah yeah history repeats itself it's but so I had to laugh that Christy did a screenshot of him saying no <laughs> She was like, hot take, Frodo sucks, or whatever she said. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a hot take. It, it's a, a lot of people feel this way, especially in that moment. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, dude, when Frodo finally destroys the ring and Smeagol goes down with it, yeah. you're happy to see him die, On so, at least for me, on so many levels. Yeah. Because I think, like, he can like he's resting he's done right there's no more torture from this evil like true he's free from it and i'm also as a movie fan and a story fan i'm like thank god because <laughs> yeah. there was no redemption for your character yeah yeah most of <laughs> mostly you're like fuck that guy yeah but also i do kind of enjoy seeing him fall and have that little bit of peace that he has the ring and now it's yeah. his forever kind and of it's thing. done yeah. Dude, when the ring just like floats on the lava and yeah. you're like, seriously, you're just like, please go in. Please go in. Why are you not just falling in? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with Christy. When it finally goes and the ISR on like freaks the fuck out. Yeah. And you see like the land of Mordor crumbling, and you see just the exhaustion on all their faces. I mean, Aragorn's yeah. almost been killed a few times. He's like in the middle of getting stomped on <laughs> yeah. by this giant, crazy looking thing. I do agree with Chris. I love that moment when they get to watch Mordor fall. Yeah. And you get to see some the ISR on like explode, taking yeah. all of this with it. And all the orcs get sucked up into the earth. Yeah. I. I love that because there is such a sense of like relief. You yeah. do feel just like a breath. <laughs> You're like, oh, finally, finally, after the last seven hours. <laughs> I know. And then, like, but then they remind you 
like Mordor is exploding. Like Mountain Doom is erupting now. Yeah. And Frodo and Sam are on it's their own. So you get that hot quick magma. <laughs> hot magma. You get that brief reprieve. And I, I think it's Gandalf's face is mm. the one that like where you see him realizing chances are Frodo. Yeah, they were in there. Like they're in Mount Doom, <laughs> which means they probably are yeah. gone. Mm. I think Gandalf is such a in Return of the King when he has so because he does it a few times where he has moments of like I sent him to his death. Like he's trying to come yeah. to terms with this is my fault. Yeah. It's his not Gandalf's fault, but like that weight on Gandalf is pretty tough. And I think Ian McKellen is underrated in how brilliant he played that role. Yeah. I think people love him, but he does a lot of really subtle things all in his face. Definitely. Um, I love it when the Eagles show up. <laughs> I love it when the Eagles show up. Yeah. You get that moth again. Remember I told you you get the moth again. You do. I do this hand because that's how he catches the moth. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to squish it. You just right, got to gotta... encapsulate it. Of course, how many endings do we get on Return of the King? Like six? Like, yeah. A lot. <laughs> There's a lot of like, it ends with the actual destroying of the ring which is all you mostly care about but then there's a lot of debrief there's like a lot of like tie everybody's happy up. yeah everybody well, got you, a happy ending it's Our funny women, like aragorn got married and the first time i saw it i was like man there's a lot i mean i was crying i was sobbing yeah. at this point uh little did i know what the like second to last epilogue <laughs> was gonna be um but I I appreciate how Jackson ended it way more now than I did yeah. that first time. Oh, for sure. I'm so glad he concluded all of the character stories. And yeah. let's face it, Aragorn getting crowned king, hell yeah, you're going to want to see that. You're Him right. getting Arwen, yeah. hell yeah, you're going to want to see that. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course... Jackson was like, oh, you guys were all crying earlier <laughs> because Aragorn was all like, for Frodo, mm -hmm. watch this shit. And the <laughs> hobbits bow to him and he's like, you bow to no one and all yeah. of Gondor bows to the hobbits. Like, yeah. my mom, love you, mom. Don't be embarrassed, <laughs> but my mom, every time Aragorn says you bow to no one, that's my mom's like, that's it. <laughs> Niagara Falls. A lot of works. Yeah. All over the place, yeah. Um, and I tear up at that part. Yeah. I, I just, that sign of respect and that sign of, like, true connection and yeah. honor. And thank you for saving us. I know. Like, literally, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I think the hardest hitting one is watching Frodo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But before that, I it's a small little scene, but when no, they when when the hobbits all go back to the Shire, and it's Love like the Shire. they're like in the bar, and it's just like weirdly quiet, and they're just yep. kind of looking at each other, like, "Can you believe it? Like, what do we do now? Like, it's just how I, do we get back to normal life after I all?" I love of that. that. I love that so fucking much mm -hmm. just this idea of where they've been through so much together they're finally home 
They finally yeah. get to be back to what they always said. They like, man, I can't wait to see the Shire again. I can't wait to have some, you know, ale and yeah. Um, and Sam being like, if I ever see her again, I'm going to marry her. And I love that. <laughs> he just like chugs his ale <laughs> and like doing it. Cause what else yeah. are you going to do? But yeah. I, I agree with you. I love when they're in that pub and everyone's drinking and partying around them. And the four of them are just quiet. Yeah. Because how how would you? Yeah, I have no idea. It's like, like come. It's like coming back from war and like Vietnam or whatever, and like yeah, trying to integrate just, back into society. How do you how do you do that? And I love that Frodo is like still working on Bilbo's book. He's finishing his part of yeah. it. Um, I love the like. There's still room for a little more. Yeah, like gives it to played. Sam. Yeah. But I, I do love Frodo's kind of uh, his narration during that whole part of like, where, and I said it earlier, where he talks about like some wounds, they mm -hmm. just don't heal. Some things just stick with you. And I think it's so smart and like in writing of everyone else has healed mm -hmm. and everyone else is finding their way back. But Frodo will always have like their... He's ba I mean, he basically did die. Right. So he's basically on borrowed time, this whole epilogue. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it's cool re like watching it these days because I, I, I feel like I notice a lot of Frodo's time is he knows pretty much from the moment after Gondor, like, he can't stick around. Yeah. Like, he, he's going to move on he's gonna right. pass on um and i think There's no back to normal for him right and I, I think it's a really good writing and i think elijah wood does a really good job of just kind of quietly showing frodo's processing yeah of like kind of coming to peace with like i have to i gotta say goodbye mm -hmm. um and then yeah you go to like you see bilbo one last time i love seeing <laughs> old bilbo, bilbo. Old Bilbo. I love that Bilbo finally got to age. And I, I yeah. think it's so cool. Like, it's all in the ring. The ring is yeah. what was keeping him young. Um, saying goodbye to Bilbo. I love his, like, I think I'm ready for another adventure. Like, yes. <laughs> Seeing, like, Galadriel and Elrond, like, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Gandalf. <laughs> I hate it when they say goodbye to Gandalf, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's rough. But that whole goodbye, and then Frodo like letting them know. Uh -huh. Like I remember in the theater that first time I saw it, I'm like crying at saying goodbye to Gandalf because it's yeah. sad. Because like now Gandalf actually won't come back. Like this is it for right. him. Um, but when he stops and he tells Frodo like it's time. Like, I remember in the theater just being like, no, no, no. And Frodo <laughs> yeah. turning, and I was just like, <laughs> like, it was over. Couldn't yeah. stop crying from that point on. Oh, Frodo's goodbye. Yeah. Dude, the Lord of the Rings, like, I mean, that's essentially it. You get to see Sam, what, come home. Yeah. He has the famous, like, the closing line of, I'm back. Um, but the Lord of the Rings... We've talked a lot about it. It, I realized something these two weeks, man. Um, 
these movies are like so way more relevant today than mm-hmm. I think even when they came out and they were super relevant, especially timing wise with like nine 11 being pretty fresh, the war in Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan. Um, but these days, and I, I was learning, I was reading a lot of what other people were uh, talking about and like listening to a couple podcasts where they talked about this. Uh, the Lord of the Rings has really become such a, a tool for like helping healing through trauma, healing through whatever level of trauma that is. I mean, everyone's trauma is different. And yeah. uh, I really, especially for me personally, for me, like I've watched it during the lockdown in 2020. I said, yeah. watch this, uh, which was so helpful, so emotional, but so helpful. And then rewatching it again. Now I haven't watched it since 2020. And I was just like, with so much stuff that I'm working on, on my own, personal mental stuff like rewatching it now was just so enlightening mm-hmm. and uh it, it was pretty powerful these last two weeks man like i gotta say lord of the rings i i've always known i'm a huge fan love cherish the story these movies yeah. um but rewatching it this last time i was like fuck like you remember when i told you about how deep i view the matrix right this was like that level, if not a little more, because there's yeah. three of them. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so big and it's so deep. I, every time I watch it, I feel like I get something new or yeah. learn something new. And I kind of feel like that's always going to happen because I'll be at a different place in my life or going through different stuff or yeah. working on different stuff or whatever. And so there's just that piece of that story or what that character is going through that speaks to you in a different way and you learn something from it. And it's, it's, it's always going to be that. I think Oh, it's, it's so, it's such a beautiful story. And yeah, when you compare it to real life situations, obviously we don't have orcs. (laughs) Obviously there's not wizards running around or a giant evil eye. Or is there, Um, you know, (laughs) but you can apply so much of what this story is trying to tell all of us to pretty much every situation in our lives. And I think that's, what's so powerful about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, like, it's, it's such a cathartic story and I think it's so important. Like it's another one. I I've said this for a lot of movies on our show, um, but Lord of the Rings might take the reigning champ <laughs> title of this of like, if there is one film I think is actually super important for people to watch to take something from whatever age. Yeah. I think it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> I I could not disagree with you. I just I I feel like it's so uh um I just lost the word. It, it's such a incredible story. Like I just I couldn't believe like have I kind of been trying to not let it mean so much or hit me so hard <laughs> yeah. out of like, I don't know. Am I like one of the characters in the movie? Just not ready yeah. for it. There's that like defensiveness <laughs> that happens or, or you're not ready to let go of that thing. Yeah. Maybe I'm more of like a Boromir at times. <laughs> right. Wanna, like want to hold on to it. Maybe I can use it for good. No, you probably can't. <laughs> no, you probably can't. It's, it's going to backfire. Um, 
but the movie, the story, the the main foundation theme of it, I mean, it, it makes me think of like you and Christy, John. Shout out to John. Wow, two shout outs, John. <laughs> I think that's that. enough for you. Um, it, it really like watching it again remind me of like our tight knit group that we we had back home for mm. several years, and we all kind of like disbanded. Yeah. So it got me thinking of all of them, uh, friends from like high school, friends from sam's and all that you know when we used to work there together i was just like oh my god this movie's hit me like oh it's too much <laughs> it's too much uh um, yeah but it, it hit me hard this time i was just like this is this is a little much folks but then it, it inspired <laughs> like it it stoked a fire yeah to start revisiting a lot of other stuff <clears throat> of just like finding those connections to all this stuff that like you you relate to on a very deep level that yeah. maybe someone else doesn't or whatever you find yourself in characters or stories uh it's been an interesting two weeks dude man yeah. we didn't even touch on the cherry on top of this whole trilogy well we kind of did um i would highly recommend go listen to the soundtracks as well yeah the music is some of the best ever unbelievably like, good it would not be anywhere near as good without the music it's, it is just, it's just like everything else it's a very critical piece to it it is like it might be some of the most inspiring music i think yeah. any movie has ever had but and it sticks with you it does like <laughs> it sticks with you so hard um man that's a long one well they're long movies they are <laughs> Uh, yeah, we didn't talk at all about Hobbit. I don't think we have to really. Yeah. We kind of just leave it there. And uh, didn't talk at all about the Ring of Power TV show, which kind of made us do this episode so that we could talk <laughs> right. about it. But you didn't see it anyway. I didn't so even I'll watch it yet. It. When you get uh, around to it, uh, I'll give you my opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, like, having rewatched the Hobbit trilogy, I didn't hate it as much this time around as I previously did, although I still feel like it just, it really lacks. Yeah. I have never gotten through it. I've really? tried to watch it, and I'm just not really as interested. And so I lose momentum. Maybe if it was one movie, it would be fine. But three movies, I'm like, I'm not that interested. It doesn't to watch need three to be movies. three movies. They could have condensed The Hobbit down to two, maybe. But I think one, like, three, three and a half hour, done. Yeah. But. Um, Gandalf still has a couple couple pieces of dialogue in it that are like, oh, there he is. <laughs> Thanks, That's Gandalf. Good. Some good gems. Um, yeah, I. Uh, this was a meaningful man. I I love doing this one. Yeah, uh, I love that movies can have that impact on us and like yeah. have that make us. I mean, everything can. Uh, stories can, arts can, pictures, and all that stuff. But obviously, we love movies so much. We have a podcast about it. And love talking about them. I, I think that so many times a movie just hits you at the right place at the right time or hits you at many different places over your life. And it just keeps meaning more and more uh, to us. And I, I just love that about movies. Yeah, I just. <clears throat> and Lord of the Rings is like, man, this movie. I, I honestly don't know 
if we'll ever get another story or epic like this one. Yeah. At least not in a long time, if ever, because I just yeah. I think this really was if there's ever a thing of destiny, it was Peter Jackson making Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> I agree. I do think he was the perfect man for the job, an extremely unlikely man for the job, but the perfect man for the job. Yeah. Um <coughs> man, I feel like I talked a lot. Uh, next episode should be a total 180. <laughs> it won't be emotional. It won't be super deep. Uh, It'll be just fun, good fun. times, fucking around. Nice little palate cleanser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, next week should be interesting. <laughs> Have you started working on our, our big, big one yet? No. I I guess I started <laughs> thinking about it. All right. Uh, but I have not actually put pen to paper or done anything significant for it. So I, I tried like narrowing things down. Yeah. And in true you and I fashion, I narrowed it down to like 50. <laughs> I'm like, I so no what Dustin's alluding to, to is we are about <laughs> five, four or five episodes away from our 100th episode. 100 episodes. And so for our 100th episode, we, I said that we should do our top 10 all time. Yeah. No holds barred. And it's going to be the hardest thing we've ever had. It's like every time I tell people about the podcast or people ask me about it, um, you know, Hey, it's, it's our favorite movies. We just love talking about movies and everyone unanimously first question out of their <laughs> mouths is always, well, what's your all time favorite movie? And you're like, oh, guys like <laughs> yeah that's not really how it works at least so far but we're gonna make it work we're gonna make it work we're gonna now i feel kind of goofy because for those that have been listening to us regularly uh -huh. i'm pretty sure i already gave away my all-time favorite a handful of episodes again i mean probably ago. but i have i don't know what it is um I mean, I but might be this, able to guess out of... I could guess probably like five or six that it might be. Yeah. But. I'm trying to... So I, I realize I'm approaching this with like a little bit of a different take. It should be fun. Sorry, folks. Mm. Uh, we got a few episodes before that one, but I was yeah. just curious. Yeah. Um, I, that one's going to take some work because it's going to yeah. be one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. <laughs> Luckily, put a official list that will now live out in the world and be referenced in the future when and, that list changes. And we will always make sure it's got an asterisk subject to change <laughs> at any point in time. Yeah. Um, you and I get a couple fun ones coming up. Are you going to do any like movie prep work for uh, our showdown? Quote unquote. The, are you talking about the one next week, the movie draft one or no, the, the one after that, the, uh, the showdown, the debate one. Yeah, you know it. I, mean, I do I do prep work for all of these. I'm very <laughs> professional and prepared all the time. <laughs> professional. <laughs> I'm laughing at both of us, Jake. Not, yeah, not I know. Uh, yeah, me too. So see, we get a couple fun weeks. and Well, a few yeah, fun weeks. But. Those all right, folks. Teasers. My throat is shot. Yeah. Can you hear it in my voice? Like, it's like dead. I feel it in my voice. And I, yeah, I need to get some like honey tea or something i don't know i'll God. figure it out <laughs> fuck well we appreciate you guys um let us know 
how important like Lord of the Rings is to you or how it's yeah. impacted your life, what you take from it and all that. Uh, yeah. I think that's really the core of the story. Your it's favorite like, life lesson. Yeah. Uh, who has Lord of the Rings tattoos? I know a couple people. I don't, mm. but I should. That'd be cool. That, that'd There's be a lot cool. of good options out there. There's a that. lot of shit out there. Um, hit us up. Let us know. And we will see you guys next time. Oh, go buy your shit. Cause our new stuff is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so we have new merch code. Buy it if you want to. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. See you guys next Bye, guys. time. <laughs>